Hello and welcome to the 6++ Plus Show, a podcast for your wargaming and 40k needs. Hobby talk, tactics, tournament reports, lore and much more. We have it all. Please welcome your host for the evening, Tom. Hello everybody. Welcome ladies, gentlemen and centurion devastators specifically in the Vanguard Detachment to that 6++ Plus Show. I am your host, Tom. I'm still coming to you from this strange void world where my internet's incredibly terrible and I make no promises uh, for my continued permanence at any stage, so please do bear with me. Uh, it's been a horrible term trying to navigate uh, bad internet from where I am. But I'm very excited because we've got a special guest here tonight and we're going to be talking about playing by intent. Um, so I'm going to dispense with my usual introduction of my own captain to introduce a different captain first. Yeah, I know. I'm pulling it. Sorry, I'm doing it. I'm doing it. But he's, just, he's just too important. Uh, I want to introduce the one and only Tony Chu. Tony, how are you doing, my man? Uh, good, guys. Thanks for having me on tonight. Oh, it's an absolute pleasure. Uh, it's very exciting. Obviously, uh, we'll get into kind of your background in a moment. Um, but I guess uh, before we do, we, like, we always like to round up with what people are doing in the hobby in 40k world. Have you played any games lately, Tony? Uh, I have been testing out all sorts of weird space marine lists, throwing in everything uh-huh. into uh-huh. vanguards that isn't a John Lennon vanguard. <laughs> <laughs> it is amazing, isn't it? How it's like, everybody's like, oh, vanguard's really rubbish. John Lennon's run at world champs. And it's like, everybody has six centurions. Everybody has a unit of yeah. aggressors. So um, we're trying that out. I am interested to throw some of the new ad on the table as well. I don't currently oh, know enough uh, Skitari walkers. Yeah. But, you know, there's, who doesn't love the 18 Skatari Walkers? That's a, that's a great way to be. Maybe even 27. <laughs> oh. I'll be bankrupt. But uh, it, it's the way to yeah, go. Yeah, you will be bankrupt. You will be bankrupt. Um, but yeah, no, that's it. And it's funny with the Vanguard thing, because as you say, I was, I was obviously doing some bits and pieces with Team England with you earlier on in the year. And you were like, Vanguard, Vanguard's really good. And everyone else in the team's like, no, you have to run eyes. So we've got to run eyes. So, and then obviously did. John Lennon oh. does it. John Lennon does it like a couple of months later. And everyone's like, oh, Vanguard's the best one. It's the best one. The best one. <laughs> Couldn't it? I could have been the guy going. Could have been you, man. Could have been Tony. Oh dear, but we learn, we learn. Um, I'm also joined tonight, as ever, by my dear leader, Chris. Chris, how are you doing? I'm very well. How are you, apart from bad internet? I've been sick for two days, I'm not going to lie. Teachers might empathise with this. You teach, you get yep. to the end of term, you, you stop and you're like, oh, I can't wait to do a bunch of things. And then your body goes, no, nah, you're sick now. Yeah. You're sick I'm now. relaxing you... now. So I'm, gonna... yeah, you, you I'm not relaxing it off. I'm going to get ill. The yeah. adrenaline's dropped off. So now you're absolutely done. Absolutely done. Yeah. And you did play uh, Death Guard last night, which doesn't help, Tom. <laughs> I did. Well, yeah, I was already sick when I played into Death Guard and that kind of confirmed my death, I think. Um, but yeah, Orcs into Death Guard, I knew it wasn't going to be very good, and it wasn't very good. <laughs> it was a very, very fun game with the lovely Jack Asher, so thanks, Jack, for that. Um, Chris, is there anything new in your hobby of BK Life? Well, as listeners will know, I was frantically trying to paint a World Eaters army in about two weeks to get tabletop ready for our festive RTT. And I quite magnificently failed at that challenge. <laughs> um, I got absolutely nowhere near um, having it painted. So we did do our festive RTT, though. Um, if you want the full rundown, um, I did like little live updates on the Facebook page. But it was really well uh, run by Scrivo. We all had a great time. Um, I've made it, I've said before, I am terrible when it comes to kind of like first learning a new army. And so for me to have a, I mean, I've been playing Elder for like nearly two years to go to World Eaters 
I mean, missions I don't really know. With an army, I don't know at all. It was a bit of a disaster. Um, <laughs> but there, it, was, it was fun. It was fun. There's certainly a lot of challenges there. Um, I played mm -hmm. into Paul James first with his Dark Angels. Um, and I think the only highlight for Paul, anyway, in this game was that the Lion has this ability that if you're within 12, um, you have to take a battle shock test if you want to do a stratagem. And if you uh, fail your battle shock, you don't get to do it. So Paul's managed to get it so the lion fights Angron and does like half the damage. And I'm like, right, time to interrupt and kill those Deathwing knights that um, are also in combat. <laughs> Obviously, I then fail my battle shock on a four. So Angron <laughs> now sits there like a lemon and gets punched um, to death. Um, so the <laughs> next turn, I'm like, it's fine. The berserkers with fight first, master of executions, they're going to go and save the day. I need a six. I've rolled a five. I guess I'll CP re-roll that. Ah, I failed my battle shot. Okay, good. Um, so anyway, a turn later, I've managed to get the uh, to line on one wound. It's fine. I'll just grenade strat him. Ah, nope. I failed my third battle shot test in three uh, attempts. And uh, the line so screw you, Lion, basically, is the moral of that. So yeah. why is not everyone knew the line was good? Yeah, game man. Changing. It's great. Um, <laughs> yeah, that was fun. But yeah, that was deploy servo skulls. I, I scored four primary the whole game. So that was Yeah, fun. we went we went hard with the silly missions for the invitation. <laughs> or throwing <laughs> snowballs, as Screw said. Um, yeah. Yeah. Game two, I played into more Dark Angels. So I got to play two games in a row where um, I had 10 scouts lining my deployment zone. So that was fun yeah. for my scout moves. Um, I was able to grab the win there. Angron got to come back in a really fun way. Completely failed with the dice roll. Rerolled everything. Rolled two sixes. Used the ability to be on an objective to reroll one of them into a six. Angron came back in style. Screw I was really happy about that. Um, and then final game, I played into Sean's Ultramarines with like lots of tanks and stuff. And this was an interesting one for me because what you don't realize when you play an army a lot is you just you instinctively know what this unit will do into these sort of types of profiles and that. And I just had no idea, so I was just sending stuff in. And be like, Let's see what happens. And I tell you for free that if you charge ten corn berserkers into and master of executioners into aggressors with Victrix Guard and Kalgar, you kill two Victrix Guard. That is it. Oh so that wasn't successful. Oh so I learned something there. Um, that was quite a close game, but um, I just got the minus ten for painted plus um, a little um, a little secondary difference was the issue. So yeah, I learned a few things, a few combos I kind of picked up on in that. But it was such a successful day that on Sunday I then <laughs> got out my Necrons and, now, <laughs> and I played a game of my Eldar played reasonably okay into a very poorly played canoptic thing where I didn't use half the abilities and I smashed the Eldar with my Necron. <laughs> so uh, I may have just gone and bought some uh, Necron stuff to... Uh, oh, no. um, but yeah, oh. no, Saturday was fun. Thank you very much, Scrivo. I'm going to carry on painting the World Eaters because I'm enjoying painting them. I don't have... You better have. Yeah, yeah. Poor World Eaters. They've just they've come up just at the wrong time just as a nice Necron book landed in your lap. No shooting it hurts, man. Just Yeah, it's a different world. It's a very different world. Um, I guess I should also introduce John, seeing as he's also here. Scriver, how are you doing, man? Yeah, not bad. Not bad at all. I'm knee-deep in Necron Codex, but for different reasons. Yes. It's all, it's yeah. all for the rest of you. 
So yeah. tomorrow night we're filming <laughs> the first uh, Cracking the Codex. Ed and myself are joined by Mark Crumbleholm. So, uh, oh, that's fun. That's and fun. I'm picking to not look at the Cryptek uh, detachment as my kind of focus for it. So it's really challenging because everyone's getting really excited about that. And I'm just looking at all the other stuff. It's like that meme. I'm just looking over it. There's, there's yeah, this pretty yeah. detachment over here. But instead, I'm no. So it should be yeah, fun. It's, I think it's very much a situation of there are several really cool detachments but then there's one that's like whoa so it until that levels out a bit i think there'll be more going on in there once presumably yeah. they <laughs> make it a bit more as, as you can imagine i'm, I'm yeah. going for the uh, the vanguard style kind of janky movement thing oh the jump up and down I, one i, I love all the great. fun stuff yeah, 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 I, yeah i can't play any of this stuff well but i love the idea of it <laughs> <laughs> do you not find it weird that so far every Every codex has got a janky vanguard style jump up and down detachment. And I'm there for it. I can't no. wait to have my world eaters that get up and go back down yeah. again. This is it. You're like, oh, look, guys, it's another vanguard detachment. <laughs> yeah. I can't uh, wait for blood axes yeah. to do it. Blood axes will do it. Yeah. It'll be brilliant. Oh, it <laughs> you're right. You're absolutely right. Yeah. It absolutely will be. Oh, it absolutely be will be. And as I say, that there is, there is not massive amounts of differences between some of those ones as you say they're quite similar it's yeah. not called vanguard attachment at least in the is it i don't think what's even called uh, it's like trans-dimensional something maybe i can't remember hyperphase hyperphase yeah that's the one but yeah it's it, there's definitely definitely some similarities <laughs> I was having like, a look at what like they all picked a time. different necron word and just went with it. Hyperface. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Tesla, Tesla boys. Tiny green <laughs> weaver stuff of tiny tiny. Transcendent sneaky robot. I was listening to the Art of War review of it, and they were going through like all the strats and stuff. And it's the Annihilation Legion. Their stratagems are so cool. Their names, just they've nailed it. They win. They they may yeah. be like the worst of all of them, but actually they they're winning on the name front. So yeah, sometimes that's it. Sometimes strats strats live and die on a good name, right? Um, okay, wonderful. Well, hello to everybody in the chat. We have got Sindri and Sindri's Tony, 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 Tony. Oi, oi, oi. That, that is exactly <laughs> that is exactly the vibe. Sindri is also yeah, alluding okay. to our upcoming topic by saying, "Question: How do I make my opponents understand that my intent playing Drakari is to win?" It's very difficult to make anyone believe that right now. Um, I think in general, existence UK. Welcome, Jack says, "Hey, uh, Simon B is in, and let's walk." is also here. Hello, Dom. Nice to hear from you. Um, so. What we're going to be doing is we're going to, we'll do a, an introduction of Tony now, because I think that's he's listened to us now for a little while. And then we are going to be launching into a playing by intent conversation. And then we're going to have a boost roundup looking forward to what else is going to be happening in the in week, because we've actually got our schedule up online now. Um, and then we'll do a bunch of podcast questions, because you guys launched a bunch of questions and put some in here for Tony specifically, and that could be a bunch of fun. So, Tony, tell us the story, man. What happened? How did you end up here talking about Warhammer oh, on a Tuesday no. night? Um, so, <laughs> God, I think I'm, I'm one of the, I think one of the oldest ones in the England set now. I'm, I'm in my 40th year and I've been playing yep. the 40th game since I was little and we chanced upon a local Games Workshop store and went in and I bought my first, I think my first model was a Thunderhammer, second edition Thunderhammer Storm Shield Terminator with like the really rubbish thunder hammer oh, that looked like slightly rounded and, and then, standing like this 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'd, 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 I'd played Space Crusade and I had an idea of it. I didn't realise it was a company with games. And the, God, I, the good old days, back when it was like Games Workshop did January sales and it was like oh, one yeah, yeah. blister and all sorts. And like, and they, they stopped doing that because they realised that nobody bought anything all year and they saved up <laughs> January and sales and just went, bang, two for one boxes. Bang. They did crazy deal stuff. But um, that... I used to. I think tournaments really started for me when I um, when I actually start, I stopped playing for a bit after when I went to uni, and after uni I started playing again. Um, and I was living down in the south in Essex, and I um, just got in a local game store. There was a really good group of forty k guys, and we all wanted to play. We were all quite competitive within our own little tournaments at the store. Started going to local tournaments, and I'd always seen and heard of some of the like the WTC bits and bobs online, and I kind of. At the point where I was winning a lot of, or coming second or third in my big tournaments there, I was like, right, I'm going to try and grow that a bit. It started to go to bigger tournaments nationally. At that time, it was like an independent GT circuit because Games Workshop had done some heats and finals but stopped. Um, and I, yeah, I got into the team in my first year of trying in 2013. Um, wow. And it's been wow. 10 years of menus, <laughs> <rock and roll laughs> <menus>, toilets. <laughs> Um, but <laughs> great memories, tons of 40k, crazy additions. It's if you if you've never been to anything involving the WTC, the actual event. There's the singles, there's a team event. The atmosphere is really, really wonderful, and it is um, mm. a great eye opener for a, a different way to play 40k. And I yeah. say that as I think teams events are on the rise, not only just in the UK but worldwide. I think there's more and more demand for four, five, six man team events. It softens the blow when you lose a game and it makes winning the games even better. And it gives you, like, yeah. you know, even more to socialize with outside of the tournament itself, prepping your armies, doing a matrix. If you do that, practicing the lists, practicing on the terrain, deciding what you can tweak and how you can prepare for it. That There's so much more that it brings into the game that way. And I think when maybe three or four years ago, even teams coming out of lockdown, a month before lockdown, when we used to try and do team events for fundraisers, it was always a oh it's a three man team a four man team somebody's dropped out so the whole team drops out it was a very different atmosphere to it um, yeah so that's where what brings me to here captaincy <laughs> well Josh Roberts has been the captain for as long as I've been playing for the team um, but this year <laughs> just um, step back using work commitments and so I am um, stepping forward uh, so this is my first year I did ostensibly take over the team for a bit when we had the lockdown year that never went anywhere but I stepped back and we yeah. had kind of a was the team by committee a bit last year, but I think we're moving back to that kind of uh, single captain, almost football team manager yeah. role, rather than um, a group. Or and I think you probably just need you need somebody at the top sometimes who's happy to go. That isn't what I want. I want to pick option A, not option B. And maybe that pays off at the end. Maybe that doesn't. I suppose that's the joy of the the journey to WTC. Completely. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's certainly obviously this is the first year I've really been anywhere near that setup and it's really fascinating to see it but it, it feels like it's something where as you say because the interest and the way the hobby works is changing and developing and has changed so much in the last few years i guess england is growing and changing with it uh, and it certainly, it certainly seems that way right it, it seemed like a very slick operation this year when you're, you're trying to really work at having you've got a kind of online community for it you're winging it making sure people are plugged in and very involved lots of events and stuff um and that's i guess yeah that's all part of the challenge of, of trying to lead one of these things in the modern era i guess how have you found it <laughs> I, I wish i wish i had i wish i could be a captain 10 years ago when i didn't have <laughs> uh, children and i was newly married and i had more free time because <laughs> I, I suppose i wouldn't have the experience and the i suppose the calm heads to be 
the person that people want as the, the captain this year because it is a vote that you get in and the other players go, yeah, we'll be, yeah. you're going to be the person to, to we want to kind of to frame it to lead it. And I say that just because we have more people applying. We had more people apply this year than ever before. We have more people applying this year that I think could potentially make the team and make the playing eight and nobody sure. would bat an eyelid and yeah, go, yeah, yeah, they're all great. But picking eight's really hard. Um, I can say straight up that there's going to be at least one or two from last year's team that don't make it. I don't know if I myself make it as a player in the top eight yet. I think you have to go with players who are strong consistently in a range of areas, list writing, playing, top tournaments or singles, teams, team tournaments. And the hardest bit is for me is getting to see everybody and getting to know everybody. There's some people that I will yeah. get to meet once or twice maybe this year. I'll play them on TTS if I can. I'll see them in TTS tournaments. I will try and do team tournaments with them if I can. But again, my I can't do every weekend and I can't do you know every day doing 40K. I've got a job commitments, family around that. And I, I guess that's the that's the biggest thing to manage with it. Um, when others have got more free time and I've got more chance to play every tournament or go to every super major and things, which just makes me jealous. Yeah, of course. If I'm honest. <laughs> yeah. No, I can imagine. And I'd say that's, that's always the challenge with it. And it's both the opportunity and the issue with this sort of 24 seven digital world that people can live in is that, yeah, a lot of people have to fit many more very real life commitments in and around that. But that's interesting to see it all evolving. And it'll be interesting to see where it all goes in the future as well. Um, and you have taken England into the, the delicate realm of podcast. Do you want to talk a little bit about that? Well, we, after last year, when we were doing kind of our ETC, WCC prep, ETC, old school, you say, but it was the uh, <laughs> world team champs now, people. Uh, but when we did that last year, I did a couple of podcasts and I we, we did get some engagement and some people get involved with the team. We even had some donations as well. And I think actually it yeah. just gave, gave us a, a realization maybe that there is a demand that we want to know what the team is doing and actually see about it. And we will, we've already had more people come and join the Discord and want to play games and get involved for next year. And it might even change how we open the team applications and how we advertise it because we've historically always gone, you know, event at the start of August, have the rest of August off, start again in September. We might just change that and start opening it up early and try and broaden the, the group there. I think it's just 40k is in a great spot, isn't it, in terms of. There's a massive community worldwide. People are looking for the latest content all over the place. I think England's in a great spot as a team now to go, well, we're being really open. We're being transparent. We've got loads of social media yes. points where you can connect with us. To, to, now is the time to go, maybe not the most successful podcast in the world, but it's a podcast nonetheless. It's got our name on it and you can find it. So, uh, yeah, I think it's just, it's, and it's, it's something fun to talk about the hobby as well when there's so much going on. So it's been really enjoyable to get that off the ground and get that running. Wonderful. And what is the name of it, Tony, for those who might want to so go if you, to it? Well, we started off with calling it, you'll like this, we started off calling it The Lion's Den. But if you go to The Lion's okay. Den on YouTube and only put that in, you find a really dodgy podcast, which is a selection of people in bikinis talking about how uh, men are trying to play you and women are trying to cheat you. And I'm like, well, guys, maybe we should have done some marked research. So we've just done it to uh, Team England 40K. Um, hey, nice. Kind of brackets, <laughs> the lion's den. So, <laughs> <laughs> but, but if anybody who becomes a fan of the other lion's den podcast, do feel free to let us know how that goes for you. And if it moves, <laughs> uh, that is uh, the fun awesome. you get when you Google things after you've made a logo. That's where yeah, we're at. Dangerous. dangerous. Yeah, I don't think we have any crossover issues with Six Plus. <laughs> I think it's when I, I, think I, okay. yeah, when I came up with the name and I wanted to see if you could find our YouTube. 
yeah. actually, when you just type in six plus plus on YouTube, it was just a bunch of like iPhone stuff <laughs> in generally like Asian dialect. So, Great. Uh, maybe we've got a niche market out there. Who knows? Yeah, maybe. What you're saying is, this needs to be like a little you holding an iPhone, Chris, and it's just going, yeah, yeah. <laughs> six plus plus latest. <laughs> yeah, hundred yeah, percent. Right. Okay. I think we're about ready to launch into our main topic then i haven't disappeared into the just yet so let's keep playing whilst we're able to so we are going to be talking tonight about playing by intent playing by intent it's a whole thing i'm sure you out there have encountered people at events where you've been lining up to play a game and they have informed you at the start that they like to play by intent and you may have not known what that was and had to have a conversation with them about this. I mean, it's something that we, we in the team ourselves think about a lot because we're always interested in trying to play the right way and trying to work out, you know, the approach on the tabletop that works both for, for both players and, and how to make headway. Um, but we're also interested in the challenges of doing that. And I feel like playing by intent is one of those minefields that once you start opening it up, there's a whole bunch of potential issues and potential benefits to be gained by doing it but it does kind of give us new insight into thinking about competing in general as well so i guess where we would start with this is to try and define it if someone says to you Tony, that they want to play by intent what does that to you mean or if you say you're going to play by intent what does that mean oh, it's a fun one isn't it i think well, nice, <laughs> nice and easy it should be that if you're going to play by intent, then you have a very vocal game where you're going yes. to declare to your opponent all the way through, I'm going to put this here, I'm going to do this. Something I'll often say to people like when we're doing transports, you know, a little, little play by intent is going, I'm going to get this squad out, I'm going to move them. If I've got an advance, I've got an advance, and I'll charge out of it, for example. I'll go, should we just measure the distance? Because I'm going to do that, and we'll just agree on the distance now, and I'll just I'll put yeah. the models out. If for some reason we go to measure the charge and one's a bit too close, we know that the distance was this. That's the prime example yeah. of that. Or, you know... My intention is always to put my scouts in reserve every single turn. Yep. I never want to not put my scouts yep. in reserve. Never, ever. <laughs> Those are the points where you go, okay, yeah. that's absolutely great. But you can probably find already some examples there of points where you go, well, what if they do this? What if? What if? And I suppose well, that's what the, the, uh, the kind of worms that intent offers, and it's how you manage your game. And then it is a bit of the social contract of 40K, I think. It's about... If you're having this really vocal game and you're talking and you're talking and having a great game and it's back and forth, it's nice and balanced, everybody's happy. Hopefully, you can work that out as two um, adults playing with your painted toy soldiers, which is how literally I say that a lot to people. It's toy soldiers. I mean, <laughs> you, we're, we're fortunate, I suppose, that bar, bar the recent Hellstorm games, you know, most events are for a nice shiny trophy and maybe even a box set, but you're not playing for thousands of pounds and it's not, you yeah, know, yeah. The, the fate of the world rests on it. Maybe the toy soldier world, but <laughs> it, it's kind of, it's keeping that in perspective sometimes. Some people can get very heated if they think that they're playing by intent and then you've held something back from them or you've denied them or something. How is that for a yes. definition? Is that where you think that that goes? It, no, I, I think I think that's really good. Yeah, I, I think that works really well. And you've alluded to some of the, <laughs> I guess, like tensions in it as well, right? And I think that's that's a very helpful start point. As you said, it's often about communicating very explicitly with what you're trying to do, what your goals are, and as you say, being very, I guess, partly collaborative in double checking and agreeing what 
dis what distances are involved, what kinds of things are possible. It can be little rules basics. I was playing with Jack Ashley yesterday. I was like, my intention is not to let Typhus and Three Death Trout drop behind me in like the first three turns, right? I, I'm gonna, I, I'm on TTS. I don't want to move Grots around. I've got a bunch of Grots here. I can keep them at the back. So let's, you know, it's it's kind of it's things. Things where you're just kind of at times you can save time with the stuff, can't you? Uh, I mean, did you guys, have, John, John, Chris, you got anything else to add in terms of defining this or what it means? Do you want to go through So, like, like you just touched on, Tom. Like to me, it's the collaborative nature of it. So the yep. end, like you're collaborating with the end result is being you have the cleanest game with mm -hmm. the least amount of friction. Because to me, the worst thing you can yep. have is where the two of you are button heads, because it's meant to be three hours of a game or however long it is where essentially the two of you are having a great, fun game. And then the result, yeah, it's going to be, someone's going to win, someone's going to lose. But as long as you're yeah. still having fun, it doesn't matter in that respect. It's like, as long as you both mm -hmm. had fun and you don't go out of it going, oh, that was horrible, that guy was unpleasant because he just, like, if you can avoid that, fantastic. So as long as it's that collaborative kind of nature of like, like Tony said about the pre-measuring, like, I love being able to go, there you go. They're there. If I nudge them or you nudge them, we know that it's an eight-inch charge set up. There's no that the ambiguity's gone. You just know exactly where you yeah. stand, and there can't be any of this. Oh, I've just rolled a seven. Should we just remeasure it? It's like no. You, yeah. you know where you stand, and it's just clear. It's just the clarity. It just it helps. Yeah, exactly that, and it, it sort of eliminates those edge cases. Isn't it? That's the idea. You're trying to just smooth it out so you're not caught in the little minutiae, suddenly going back over things or trying to game things differently. It's like, well, we've you know we've worked together, we've agreed certain things, and it can also save time and cut corners in terms of just we both know what the the right way to play this situation is. I'm telling you that you're agreeing with me, so let's just assume that's what we're doing with X, Y, Z, rather than you know having to be inch perfect with every single thing. Chris, you got anything to add to that, mate? Yeah, I think you kind of like the keyword here is obviously the communication side of things, isn't it? It's just we want, yeah. as you said, we want it to be as smooth as possible. And by us being on the same wavelength in all of the areas that we're remembering to talk about, then that makes life easy. I think the more interesting thing is like, how far do you push that? Like, yeah. what is the thing? So you've got such a wide variety of players and how they approach this and what they're willing to declare and ask about or tell and what they're not and i think for me i'd be really interested to kind of get especially what well, everyone's opinion but especially tony's having played at the wtc of what it's like at that highest level when you're both because mm. i mean i mean i've played games where i'll be like oh well if i do this you do that and so i'm going to do this blah blah i'm talking it through and my opponent's gone oh like, you know that's that's quite a good idea <laughs> Mm. And like, Damn it. Um, but you would assume, you know, for most part, like the WTC, they're going to basically, they're seeing the highest level kind of like um, plays that they can make. So I think for me, it's an interesting one of like, you take, so you take, there's lots of different examples here, but for one would be that whenever an opponent moves within nine inches of my ranges, every single time without fail, I will say, just remember, I can move these D6 inches now. Are you okay with that? Would you like to change anything? Um, and obviously there's yeah. there's a lot of strats out there at the moment. The Marines have one, mm -hmm. Necrons have now got one. That's a big thing, right? People are going to be moving within nine inches of units all the time. And some players are going to go, aha, well, I'm now going to move six. And other players are <laughs> going to go, which I'm, I can now move six. Are you sure you want to be there? And so yeah. I was, I'm curious, like at kind of like the WTC and that sort of thing, when people are doing these sorts of movements and that sort of thing, like how is it, 
approach are you constantly in a dialogue a constant discussion of everything you're doing and would you like to overwatch and blah 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 or is it a bit more like i'm going to do this and i'm going to see if he does that sort of thing so i there's two different parts of your your question there, Chris. the first one <laughs> you mentioned about like the the, the overwatch so that's the kind of thing where you go things that your opponent has to have the opportunity to do before you move on you have to go you know if, you, if i you, you move your rangers and then i move my um you know i move something, move something else i can't go oh i can go maybe oh you've, you've moved to that tank i wanted to overwatch them that's fine but rather than waiting to see three other things move and go yeah, back yeah. to it you can't yeah. you can really hammer it up and go do you want to overwatch do you want to overwatch do you want to overwatch every single time <laughs> but it's so fun and, and and tease them into wasting some cps but it most of the time that's the kind of thing wtc very very clear on at team event where they've already got loads of other things going on and there's not a referee per even round necessarily it's a couple of referees manning you know uh maybe five or six teams of eight pairing off against each other you, you're going right just try and play the game sensibly however you do have an interesting divergence i think from a lot of players on that moving moving with the nine is a great example if i've got a unit and it moves when you move within nine and you move in within nine and go to move i'll go oh, sorry i'm just going to move this guy i don't necessarily think that's a bad part of the game personally because the way the way i i don't mm. actually ever ask about intent but what i'll say to my opponent is what kind of game do you want do you want a tough game yeah. we go no take backs we go oh, i forgot this i forgot yeah. it or do you want to go one take back or do you want to just go look if it's in your turn and you could go back and do it and it wouldn't affect like you knowing something else just do it that's generally how i'll play 40k so you forgot to bring that unit yeah. on bring that unit on you forgot to draw your card yeah. your card you know oh i've actually got homers and i forgot to fine whatever because you're obviously gonna at the top end you, that's how you're gonna want to play the game we get that it can be tired stressful you could have been playing you know when it's four four and a half hour round including a pairing at wtc and there's possibly a language barrier you have to try and mitigate some of that but there's i mean one of the one of the big teams we played um we we're talking to one of the the refs who thought it was crazy that they have like gotcha cards so they handed hand out to every opponent in every round they gave them a laminated sheet for their army of all the gotchas okay and that's some of the refs were saying that that's really really great sportsmanship but is it too far because does it take the fun yeah, out of the game a little bit that you have gotchas yeah. I've, I've played other game systems i've played uh war machine warmer hordes where like that's almost a game that that has really tight rules really strict rules of movement but and gotchas and surprises are a part of it. And when somebody gets you with a gotcha, the implication is you go at the top end you play, you go, Oh mate, that's a great play. Well played. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and, and yeah, so exactly. In 40k, it's kind of as long as you're not doing it and you lied about it, if somebody goes, Can you do we do this move? And you don't you know, you don't go, Oh no, I can't. Oh no, sorry, I forgot I can. Yeah. I, I think that's just a fair part of the game. And I think a part yeah. of being a top 40k player is you have to know the rules for other factions that aren't just your own i think you have to go in yeah. and read and you have to practice and you have to look at the other games so it i i won't necessarily warn my opponents every game that the rangers move i might say it pre-game yeah yeah because i'm not going to like the, the ref i spoke to was one of the address was like i'm not going to coach you in how to beat me but I want to play a top level game of 40k, but I'm obviously not going to cheat you or lie or do not tell you about a rule that that's going to affect you. And you might still in those mm. games go, just so you're aware, if you move there, I'm going to do this, or going to shoot this, or I have this. But you might still do that sometimes. Depends. Depends on you. I think as a person, how you want to play 40k. 
And what kind yeah. of vibe your game's in, what your opponent's like. It could be the worst games are the ones where you say you're playing it by intent and somebody abuses that. I think that leaves that bad feeling in your mouth and that everybody who's been to lots of tournaments will probably think of a time when they let somebody have something back and then they wouldn't in return or they asked for something yeah. they thought was fair and that person went, no, no, because it could be game winning. And then it didn't turn out to be and it kind of, it, what was an otherwise really good game was soured by mm. something little. Yeah, so, for sure. I think there's a couple of things you touched on there that are really relevant for this. And that one of them is like, is there a difference between intent when it's just about you doing what you need to do in the game and remembering that and little bits of help with that versus intent where it's the way the two armies interact? Because as you say, if, if, you, if you smooth out every time the way two armies are interacting on the board so that no one ever makes any mistake or ever triggers anything, anyone's counterplay at any stage or whatever, then you don't, as you say, you don't get those moments of oh, you got to do your clever trick or this faction got this tool that it uses. And at that stage, as you say, it's partly, it should be about your knowledge and about your ability to, to master that interaction between the two armies. And that's different to like, did you remember to pick your mandrakes up or did you remember to do your, you know, your secondaries off in the right phase or whatever it is. Um, so I definitely think there's something in, in that. Me and Chris, we kind of talked about it beforehand and we were saying there's a kind of there is a kind of collaborative game that you absolutely can have where it's almost like the goal is to play this as well as you possibly can right mm. and what what's the best possible played version of this game this might be more of like a practice match right if we both played this perfectly what would this look like um and but as you say, in natural competitive setting, that doesn't really work because someone's got to win the game. And also, if you're playing different matchups, actually, if they're played particularly, if they're played exactly right, one fact is favoured usually. And, and actually, you know, someone someone in in a matchup is often needing mistakes or needing something to go wrong or needing something to be done a little incorrectly in order to have an in in the game. So you know, they're really. That's not really in anyone's interest to constantly make sure every matchup plays out exactly as if everyone made the right moves all the time and no one's allowed to make any errors. Um, so that's the risk with you slide too far in that direction. I think the easiest intent ones is things like when you go, I want to measure, I want to be around this corner so you can't move 12 or move 6 and see me. Like those are the ones where if people do that and they declare it, I'll usually help them. That's the probably one of the ways you can avoid any issues. You can you can do it yourself and get your opponent involved and go, but dude, I want to move this far. Can you just measure 12 off that tank or see what that movement would be and what the line of sight would be so I can move far enough back that I can get where I want to, but I can't push. You have to involve your opponent in that bit of the game as well, I think, and just agree yeah. what the numbers were. And then they can't come back to you. Because if you both agree it together, you can't really then come back and go, oh, well, I've just double-checked it now. I think you're wrong. Well, we, we did it together. That That's one. Certainly WCC, that would be a ref issue. If you both agreed it together, you both yeah. measured it together, and then one E tries to change it, that's a problem. Yeah, exactly. Because that's what it's. That's when it's when it's at its best is, as you say, when it's helping you just come up, come to a consensus on key key issues in the game quickly, and then there is no there's no need to argue or push or debate them. Right. But then, as you say, if someone starts going back on, you know, you've got a bad actor on your hands in a particular yeah. situation. I mean, are you good to the game design? I mean, Games Workshop has simplified the game a little bit in terms of you've got a detachment with six stratagems, three, four enhancements, there's no warlord traits, and every unit's got one ability. I mean, the whole point is that you can pick up a detachment, a book, and you can read up on it really quickly, rather than going, there's 33 different stratagems in this detachment. Oh, and there's a sub book at the back for this. Oh, and I've got a white dwarf, which gives me an extra <laughs> three sets of rules. Like, because that was an issue at the end of some of the books last edition where there was there was just so many stratagems you got off of God, did that? Yeah. 
I forgot. There's a sub book that did that. Like, it, and each character had potentially loads of different rules that buffed units and the way the game played. It is a lot more streamlined in that regard. I think. I agree. Uh, yeah, I, what do you guys think? Do you think you'd adopt the uh, the cheat sheet mode of here's a list of all the things I can do to get? Well, the I was just going to mention that because yeah. if at the beginning of the game, generally we tell each other like the yeah. things you need to look out for, which is what yeah. that cheat sheet does. The only thing yeah. is they can keep referring back to it, I guess, over the course of the game. But in my opinion, like once I've told them that thing, I want I've told them that thing, I want them to be remembering that thing. That is something yeah. that they need to know to play the game. So actually that cheat sheet is well, they don't need to keep asking me, they can just look and reference. Obviously that then takes time away from playing. If I'm like, right, it's my movement phase, do I have to be aware of anything that you can do in your movement phase, mm. like reading my sheet? So yeah, it's an interesting one. I I think that the way I would be doing it is I would be reminding them so for example if i see and this again it's i mean it's me i've so i've played um i played a team England player at um lgt and he went yeah an unnamed <laughs> um and it was a lovely game and right near the end um he went to put um his warp spiders right by my warp spiders and i was like you know i could just overwatch them now right he was like oh yes that's a good point um i'll move them somewhere else and like mm. so but for me that was just uh oh he must just not be thinking i know he's like an, an incredible player i know he's just like blocked out zoned out or something so obviously that's not what he would intend realistically to do um but i also know a lot of people wouldn't do that they'd be like cool one cp overwatch boom you're dead um so i think like for me i know i go over the top the other way mm. compared to some people i will constantly like if i see someone deep it happened at the last event someone was going to put deep strike down a unit and line up like an infantry unit in my head i'm like i'm just going to phantasm them out of the way i was like just remember i have phantasm um and it certainly can be a hindrance i think obviously um but for me that's kind of where i've got comfortable in playing kind of like regularly but then i'm like do i actually do it all the time am i being consistent with this or actually when the game oh yeah Am I suddenly like, oh, maybe I won't mention this and let's see if they fall into I genuinely <laughs> don't know. I'd like to think I am consistent, yeah. but I couldn't say 100%. That I, 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 I think that the world champs recently were really, I, there was lots of uh, different opinions about the, the streaming and how they streamed it, but you got to see lots of games at the top end of 40K with winners from around the world. Mm. I think the best ones were the ones where you could see and hear them talking about their games going, yeah, I, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that. Yeah, that's great. Oh, yeah, that's it. Does this have this rule? Yeah. I, there are some, like like Overwatch. You know, if I move a unit and you want to Overwatch it, I wouldn't go, oh, oh can I take it back? I'd just go, okay. Because every unit that's got a gun can Overwatch. And I can yeah. see you see these, hopefully. And it, th those are the kind of parts <laughs> of the game that I'm like, especially for, yeah. for world champs. And something that I have a bugbear with is we – we have a lot of practice on TTS and TTS can sometimes feel like it's not a real game because you're moving these yeah. little, you know, computer generated versions of your soldiers and the moving isn't quite perfect. So you do have to declare a lot of intent and go, look, I'm just going to try and get this line of sight. It's not perfect. Yeah. I'm moving this distance, but we're trying to teach players to play tight because at the top end mm. of 40k, you might get a player who goes, no, nope, we're just going to play a nice strict game of 40k. If you forget something really basic, that's fine. But like once we're in shooting, you can't go back to movement. And that's a fine way to play the game as well. And you have to be ready for that, and you have to be ready for opponents that will that you won't get a ref come and give you bad sportsmanship if you go, 
oh, I forgot to bring my unit. I forgot to rapidly insert this unit, and it's his, he's finished his shooting phase. Well, sorry. You know, that's that's yeah. the kind of thing that happens. You go, yeah, uh, okay, I have to play, play. I have to know. And I think that the best teams at the World Champs don't have an issue with intent or playing with it because their players know exactly what your army does. Yep. And if they didn't, yes. they got it on the table, they tried it, they spent the night before asking, they thought they were playing you because they weren't going to go into a game going, I hope this guy tells me what his army does. Um, yeah, yeah. And I think that is a player standard difference that sometimes players find when they get to the WTC for the first time. I'm very proud of the record that in the 10 years I've been involved with the team, um, we've always taken at least one new player player that hasn't always been uh, a, a, a win where that player's gone become a you know a squad regular for the next 10 years but I'm proud that we've done it and we've tried it but you do see some things along the way one of them is adapting to the fact that different nations some nations just play WTC format terrain missions all the time really strict games really tight games and they come so polished in terms of their prep and their list knowledge and their knowledge of their army and your army and what the averages and the differentials are. Talking about your World Eater game. So they'll have done that game five or six times at least just to figure out every possible average it could be so they can predict yeah. their score really tightly. Because WTC at the high end, the top nations trying to win it, is that it's getting it absolutely it's home. Expect, isn't it? Yeah. 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 And so it's, I think, and once you get to those levels, you, don't just, you just don't get the same intent issues. Um, yeah. And that's where it, it's difficult, isn't it? Because you pay money to go to a tournament. So you go to, a, you know, the next UKTC big major. Great, 400, 500 people, whatever it is, and you turn up and the person hasn't played against Eldar. Do you go through the stratums? Go, cool, that's what Phantasm is. That's what this is. Because you probably then try to explain, oh, the Incarn does these seven things. And then when it does this, this does this, which lets me do that. And then I can do this. And look, you're all dead. I mean, that's, yeah. that's the kind of, you know, uh, I, God, I remember when I used to play the Eldar playing list. Uh, yeah exactly and i'd go it does this and they all do this people go okay yeah cool and they just deploy stuff randomly and you go cool i'm all over here this is all dead and they go oh oh yeah Mm. one thing (laughs) seeing it it's another thing playing it isn't it yeah yeah absolutely um john were you going to come in there john and quizzical eyebrow john (laughs) yeah so what you were just describing there to me was very much what I saw with someone like Team Poland, where literally cleanest games you'd ever see. They'd yeah. played all the matchups so much. That I was terrified watching their games because it was like a surgeon. And you, you don't see that when you go to your average sort of UK tournament because there's, there's the chance you're going to play someone that hasn't played matchups before. I'm that guy quite often. And it's, it's quite awful because you just go, these guys are so polished. They're, I think there was one team, I think it was... It might have been Poland that just went, we're not doing any take backs. You can if you want, but we're not. We're holding ourselves rigidly by this. And I thought that was fascinating because you're just, mm. you then don't have any regrets. You don't go, well, should I have taken that take back? It's like, no, you sh- in some respects, you shouldn't because you're not going to learn, right? Like, you can't learn if you don't make the mistakes. So sometimes yeah. I think it is nice to just play by intent, but also, like you said, the amount of time someone's gone, you've just rolled some dice. Can I quickly do this? I'm like, well, you've got more information now. I don't feel comfortable you going back because yep. you know what's happened. Like this is the future. So sometimes yeah. there's, there's, there should be a line drawn in it at least. Yeah, I completely agree with that. And I think it's that it's the kind of causal chain thing, isn't it? Where it's like, yeah, at what point, how many, how many mistakes and of what degree are you allowed to 
back track on and how can you possibly do that fairly in a game when it can be little things that make a huge difference um, and it can be completely uneven in terms of what side is making mistakes um, and how, how sort of significant to undo those kind of errors it is. And it, I think it's very slippery slope to go down and that's where intent can get out of hand is if it just becomes this whole system, oh, well, obviously I wouldn't do that, obviously I wouldn't do this, obviously I'd have you know, triggered X, Y, Z, and it's like, and they're very, very specific with those kinds of things. Um, you don't want it to just become, yeah, oh, I, I'm not going to make mistakes in this game. That's what I'm just telling you now, so you don't let me make it. <laughs> <laughs> that's Stephen how Bob, we're going to play, Tom, now. Um, <laughs> good, good, games, good games have mistakes in, and some of my favourite yeah. games I've made catastrophic errors in, and, and it's good fun. You know, there's a story in it, right, and you learn a lot. Exactly. No, I was just yeah, saying, exactly. um, Stephen Butch had a thing a little while ago where he was saying he's he's obviously got this bit of a nice Sky Vanguard Tactics image and he was getting a bit fed off of people going, do you mind if? And he was yeah. kind of like, it was an interesting point because I think a lot of the time we do go, oh, do you just mind if? And then it, it depends. I, I mean, I had an opponent once who after I'd shot three more things went, Actually, do you mind if I teleport my income when that unit died? I'm like, no, like, of course you can't. <laughs> um, yeah. So like, but that's like one of the very, very few times I've ever kind of like refused someone because yeah, and that, that's that thing. Like, there's a difference between us knowing what the realistic right thing should be done, and obviously you were going to do this. Like, you put them there to do that thing. So yeah. But or is it them going, ah, I've suddenly thought of this. I wonder if I can get away with it by saying, ah, do you mind if I do this? Because they've, mm. they've suddenly, you know, because quite often we're playing for clock. A big part of the skill is playing quickly enough and you're playing within that time limit, making the best decisions you can within that time limit. And if you give yourself extra time to think of the best play, um, I, regularly I'll be halfway through a turn and be like, ah, actually, I could have done this. Um, I, yeah. I, you know, you think as start to do things, you're like, oh, actually, this would have been better, and I could have done this. Um, so yeah, it's how much do you allow with the new information? I guess which is. A... I mean, I, I, I've got a background in education. I think it. You sum it up really simply. Is it cheeky or not? If you feel if it feels cheeky <laughs> and you feel cheeky asking it, it's a no. Yeah. And you just yeah. say so smart. Yeah. I'm like, and I ask sometimes, and I go, dude, this is cheeky. Can I do this? It's okay if not. And they go. No, that's absolutely fine, mate. And they're yeah, really yeah, sorry. Yeah. And they're, Dude, that's absolutely fine. I said, can I? You said no. Yeah. That's how we said we play the game. It's completely fine. You think it's absolutely fine? And I said, it's a lesson to me. I won't. Forget. I often say that it's a lesson to me. I won't forget it. Um, yeah, if it doesn't feel cheeky, you think it's a genuine mistake. They look appalled that they've forgotten it. Then they're great actors. Or you go, okay, yeah, I'll let you have it. I won't let you have it. It depends on the game. And it. It was right back to how do you start the game? How do you explain the list? How do you play from the game one, from turn one, measuring? And it can be little things that as well, you declare a game like that and then somebody goes to measure their 12-inch move and they move 14 and you go, you just measure 12. Like, it's stuff like that that I'm, you know, I'll double-check with people and measure with. And some people will get annoyed by that. It's not like I'm double-checking every measurement where they're like, you move 12.1 instead of 12. <laughs> but equally, I'm going, you move your assault unit 14 inches and it moves 12. It's, it's big, 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 big margins, yeah, yeah, you know. And um, that is it, yeah. It's such a measurement and specific game in some ways. 
and yet measuring with a tape measure quickly and moving stuff quickly is actually quite hard to do very accurately and people do take liberties and very very rarely do they undersell themselves when they're moving but quite often <laughs> they will be like ah oh, i'll just come here and yeah this is roughly 10 inches but again yeah. i'll do top down measures I'll, I'll go i'll measure 12 dude you, chris you put your finger out measure me the 12 yeah. right that's what my tank gets because you just you just gotta yeah. play the game like that and involve them all the way through like you said it, sh it should solve most of your issues high level 40k players aren't going to be going to try to screw you over or to find that gotcha i don't think to get you that way yeah but they are uh, one other thing you mentioned is do you point out the mistake like if somebody's hoping to tag something and they don't or if somebody does if you don't want it tagged and you go oh okay i just won't say anything they don't tag it it's one of those ones that you kind of you can leave hanging in the air you don't yeah, have to tell yeah, your opponent yeah. what to do you can ask you go do you want to tag this or not they go no you go yes yeah, that's what I have found. I have gone at that, at that point. You're moving into play their army for them, aren't you? It's yeah. beyond. Yeah. You know, you, you're really, you're really into kind of. Well, I can spot what the optimal move with X, Y, Z would be. Uh, but it's like, yeah, does it? It's not. Is it your job to absolutely invite that? Uh, it can be I had that. Scary. The, um, I had that on Saturday when I played Sean. He um, fell back with his dreadnought, and I was like. Um, and I wanted to know, I was like, are you going to be um, spending CP to put him in tactical so you can shoot and charge with him? And he was like, oh, yeah. Oh, actually, that was hell I'm Actually, it would have been in his command phase he'd do that, so it would have been too oh, late for that yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually. But, um, yeah, it's just like one of those things where, yeah, you can. But then I also remember a while ago listening to Jack Harpster talk about Grey Knights. And he said he will always remind them about Mr. Deimos, always, which is obviously one of their biggest things. If you move within nine, they can move or teleport away. He says he always does that because he wants to play that that game of um, he's going to put them in a situation where they're damned if they do, they're damned if they don't. He's like, I want yeah, to play yeah. this game, which is the proper game of 40k i don't want to trick them into making a mistake i want them to do what they think is best and i'm just going to beat them anyway and i like i like yeah. love the american yeah. confidence there but you know i think there's an interesting <laughs> that's jack upster if you don't know him that is here that's exactly that kind of perfect game theory that we were talking about right like in you know there's, there's a top level player where they, they want yeah they want you to do literally everything right and still lose and they want they, they want a game where that's how it's played and i think that you know that's a lovely thing to aspire to but i think obviously for the vast majority of us, we're not, we're not playing no. the perfect game every time. We're not living no in a world where we're all good. So we're living in a world where, okay, maybe we're like 65, 70% of the decisions right in a game, and we both get around oh, that. Geez. And it's like, how much how much are we going to add or take off of each other's uh, mistakes, positives, negative plays, by intervening in ways that intent can sometimes involve? And what is the fair and consistent way of doing that that doesn't leave someone feeling like, yeah, they gave too much or got more taken from them? Um, than was fair, you know. I think I think it's difficult. It's not an easy balance to strike. Uh, I'd see you've been you've been stirring up trouble with Vic DJ in the chat. Job. Can you not do that? <laughs> I don't know. Can what you not mean. do that? No, no, I don't. don't, know what don't, you don't mean. Me, don't what have you been doing, Scrivo? <laughs> it's just what, it's just what <laughs> I do. It's just what I do. I can't help it. Welcome, welcome, Vic and Rob Jones and Lee Church and Jack Davis Fletcher as well. Love to have you in. Um, okay, I mean, I think those that's a lot of the key notes that I wanted to hit as far as playing by intent goes i mean have we got any more sort of extreme experiences or funny stories of playing by intent that we want to share before we move on um the only thing i'd say is i so i quizzed the team i went who here has played oh. a couple players um 
And interestingly, Ed Forsyth played into Tony Chu. So that was a very... (laughs) (laughs) Did he use the C word a lot? Because that's how Ed (laughs) talks, right? Um, No, but I think generally um, a lot of them had a lot of positive things to say. The one um, quite common piece of feedback was that when things get tough and tight, behaviours change. Mm. And I think that's like... That's human nature, right? But a lot of these yeah. top end players will go into, you know, a bunch of three tours like us who then go um, and are like, I'm going to win this game. And then all of a sudden we're giving it a bit better of a game than they were anticipating. And suddenly they do start to kind of push um, the rounds of kind of like maybe mismeasuring things, trying to get hard oh, these take backs and that. And I think that's quite an interesting one that actually. It's okay, as we've said, it's okay to play the game how you like, but what I think is entirely fair is to be consistent with that and that you shouldn't be changing your habits kind of like as the game goes. Um, Depending on the situation, you should have, you should, as yourself, have made that decision yourself about how you want to play the game. And then you kind of, you play that game, win or lose. And I think sometimes there might be elements of these players going, oh, no, actually, I can suddenly see how this is about to go wrong. And then things mm. just kind of like potentially drop slightly. Yeah, um, that was the and that, That's when it gets tricky, doesn't it? Because when you get to it in a really close situation in a game, it can be one or two wrong decisions or, or misplays in either direction that decide it. So well, at that point, there's a real pressure on, you know, are you, are you going to are you going to let... Are you going to stand up to them? Like we've gonna, got... Um, yeah. Yeah, we've got Lee Churchwood in our team who um, has played into a lot of the top-end players. LGT kept running into international. Yeah, he's really good at playing two every super major. That's his favourite. Yeah, it's his thing. Um, <laughs> and he will, he will regularly tell us about how they were trying to do X, Y, and Z. And Lee is very much a, no, 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 we said this. You can't do this in your – you can't move your models in my turn. You can't yeah. um, start trying to add these extra t- – you can't just pick up that unit and move it there and say you're going to shoot me. You actually have to measure it. Like, mm. and he's very much black and white like that. Um, mm. and very good at dealing with it, but a lot of players aren't. And I think sometimes he's a players, stronger personality. Yeah, he has. <laughs> yeah. yeah. If I'm playing into um, some of the top players, I'm just assuming that they're doing the right thing. And I'm just, it can quite easy, you can quite easily be almost like browbeaten into mm. um, letting them get away and having that edge. They're not doing it necessarily mm. in like kind of a malicious way. But I think, you know, it certainly can happen. Like that Vic VJ, absolute nightmare. Oh, oh yeah. Um, <laughs> do you know what, Chris? I'm listening to you say that, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to contradict you there. Okay. I think that there's, I think being a top player doesn't mean you're a nice player. And I yeah. think that the best ones yeah, are. And I think that there are players out there who even against other top players will play that browbeating game, try and push, try and niggle, yeah, yeah. try. And I, I, I always approach my 40k games the same way. I try and laugh and smile all the way through, whether I'm winning or I lose. I don't really care. It, it, I've, I've been very fortunate for a very long time now to, to play, to go, to even win the WTC along the years. So, like, I've, mm. I've been to Super Majors. I've been to GTs. I've been to team events. I genuinely don't mind. I'm going to lose some. I'm going to win some. Some players, though, are just... Don't have the right attitude with that. I think you, if you go into it and you set the intent rules up, or you go, like I said, are we yeah. going to have a good game? It's up to the other person to match that. But I don't think you should feel bad 
I suppose it, uh, if you're going to pay money to go to a tournament, I think you should go, well, I'm not happy with that. Do that rather yeah. than go away and then be upset or salty about the game afterwards and go, and salty is not the right word. Salty implies that you're bitter or you're, it's not fair. Mm. But when I've done, I used to do refing for a big um, event for Cali when Tim King used to run those up at the Element Games back when that was like one of the biggest events of the UK at the time, a um, long time ago now. And a big thing we have was players would come after a game and go, oh, I had a really crap game against that guy. Oh, and then his next round opponent had a crap game against that guy. And you're like, but that was, but so neither of you came and said anything. You didn't call us over mid game. Yeah. You didn't call us over during the game because you didn't want to look like you were a bad guy. And it, so you were kind of powerless mm-hmm. to kind of ref that to go back and to fix it. Mm-hmm. You've got to get people involved when things happen. If you're not happy with the rule, and that's what hopefully what refs are there at events for. That if you can't mm-hmm. play that social character uh, contract out and sort that out between yourselves, you go, okay, we'll get a ref then. We'll explain to them the situation. And hopefully you keep it calm, keep it smiley, keep it, all right, mate, we'll, we'll get a ref then. Absolutely fine. And kill them with kindness is the best way. But just d- don't ever feel bad for being, like your friend said, said for your friend Lee there and going, no, listen, mate, that's that's how that works. You know. Yeah. Uh, one of my favourite examples of intent that involved me was in a game where I beat a player. It was a tight game and it was, um, I had Eldar um, and they had, a Xenos army where they had to, it was a mismatch, but they, I told them what my relics did and I told them that this Farseer had an ability to fly and I flew him out and then he spent like half an hour of his time wrapping this Farseer with loads of units and making really long charges <laughs> and then he's like, cool, and then I flew the Farseer out because he could. He's like, what are you doing? Like, you can't fly, you never told me that. And I'm like, I, I said, do you know what my list is? <laughs> yeah, and I said, do you know what the relics are? He's got this. He went, yeah, I know what Elvit does. It's really meta. It's completely fine. I'm like, okay, uh, I, love, cool. I love the fly foot first. So no, I was just like, so and we had and we had a ref and he goes, did you know what it did? And he went, yeah. And he went, did he tell you? And he went, yeah. I was like, okay. That, that's, <laughs> and you kind of have to go, <laughs> you know. Uh, the, my favorite one is the, the I mean, one of the pictures that got me into WTC is that classic one that, that first intrigued me was the all the bikes that scouted. Oh, the white scouts. Yeah. yeah, but the white yeah, scouts yeah. killed the tower player at deployment because he went up and got it and did it. And he's like, you want to put everything in reserve? You sure? Okay. Boom, up he went and did yeah, it. Yeah. Um, blocked <laughs> the guy's army off the table. Those are the kind of things yeah. where you go, well, that's, that's just hilarious. I know the one, I mean, uh, God, the recent, the, the big last year's um, Games Workshop, was it Warhammer Fest? games yeah i played uh i played mikey herbert and he had the marine desolators and i had uh, jesus the cult in msu vehicles it was a terrible matchup for me and he was he was winning but he let me back into the game and i snuck like a really small win because he charged he, he charged a truck and he didn't have to charge um a rock grinder but he got greedy and did and i was like that's risky mm. and he said and he deliberated on it for about 10 minutes and i had to do my best straight face and go it's your call, mate. I can't tell you what to do. Really. <laughs> <laughs> You've got to decide. And then it's he just and a, it, it's just a truck with a dozer blade on. What could happen? Yeah, <laughs> but this is it. And then he tagged it, and I was like, "Cool." So I get six attacks, six hits, six wounds, six saves at minus two. It's dead. And it opened up a whole flank behind a ruin that <laughs> yeah, blocked yeah, off yeah. so well. And he was, and he literally looked at him. I think that's just lost me the game. And it, like, it was, and I was like, <laughs> "My half, yeah," because yeah. it, it it killed. Like he blocked my deep strikes. He blocked me off flanks. He blocked those tanks mm. moving. It was so good. Those are the kind of ones, though, that, like you say, they're a learning experience. They go, I'm never going to do that again. I'm going to go be greedy. Uh, yeah. You know, the classic one is always the split and there's fire also, as well. Where you there's, go, a pathway, oh, yeah. there's a pathway there where it <laughs> works. And blocked as well, right? There's a pathway where he just blocked you up, and then then it's a good decision. Yeah. But as it is, it's not. But that's not like, yeah, I'd, I definitely think that is, um, there's no way is that your call to be like, 
I don't think you should do that. Like, that yeah, exactly. Then you've got a free Goliath running. Yeah, around. that's like that's yeah. there, just like tactical cool, isn't it? Like, because quite often you do get. Uh, I've had some games which have been so freely talked. We've been talking. Yeah, that it's like, would you? Oh, I really don't know what to do, and um, like you kind of talk, but you can potentially discuss it. Sometimes you do it when you're playing into like maybe a weaker player who's like you you just know what's going to happen anyway so you're just trying to help them to maximize it and that sort of thing but yeah i definitely wouldn't um and when it's a really close game and a big event and that sort of stuff you know like they have to make their decisions themselves don't they really but yeah but yeah. like the thing is you you've got to know that eldar do phantasm you've got to know you kill something in cars could pop up you've got to know <laughs> yeah. overwatch is there i yeah. i just go now what like this one one of the pre-game questions have you got a strat to move stuff when I get close? Oh, no, it's just yeah, the end. Yeah, yeah. Okay, great. You just need to know. I know which phase. Just knowing the yeah, phase. That's it. Like, just about. Yeah, yeah. yeah. For sure. And I think it's one of those things where I've never really bought the idea of the gotcha as a thing anyway, because I, I often feel like it's a term people throw out when and what they mean is they just didn't know much. They didn't understand the situation particularly well, and, and they made an error. And it's like, I think a lot of the time that happens, and, and there's nothing wrong. You know, that's fine. And I'd, it's often just a knowledge gap playing out in a way that makes someone unhappy, and uh, that's fine. But it feels like, to me, intent works best when it's players of a quite similar knowledge level and also goodwill and those that's the optimal conditions for it right and then it, it's going to struggle in a situation where one person has a much more comprehensive understanding of the situation than the other because there's no way to apply it fairly and it's also going to struggle in a situation where one person is sort of exploiting it and one person is right it's, it's kind of as long as you have a level on that it's going to work best and if you don't it isn't sorry tony you went in there as well do, do you know what there was a, there's one i'll give you an example of a, of a not so much even a, a gotcha. There was a, mm. a Josh, our, uh, Josh Roberts, who the previous captain, yep. um, but a previous WTC with a player who, who now no longer allowed, invited to WTC because his play, his sportsmanship was famously terrible. Um, yeah. There was a he played uh, Death Watch into Imperial Guard, and the guard player was the, the opponent player, and went to say he said, "I'm going to screen off your units. Cool. I'm going to you went you went second. Sorry, Josh de deployed, went to go first. The guy seized, so ended up going second. Uh, yeah. Had loads of yeah. stuff in reserve. So he's like, I'm going to play to screen you out. So he moved first turn, screen him. Okay, fine. So Josh did it first turn, didn't do anything. Second turn, he went to do it again, but he got distracted by shooting and was so sloppy that, like Josh said, he left like a third of the board, not screened. So then when he brought all mm. of his stuff in, they're like, oh, this is outrageous. Give me the refs. And, <laughs> and, and in the end, they sided with the guy, and Josh lost that game. And it was only that we got wow. big scores in the other round because it was, it was, they had a big argument about, but he said, well, that was my intent, and you should have told me. And like Josh said, yeah, but you declaring intent to do it and then not doing it is different, isn't it? If you are playing somebody and having mm. a bad game, you know that they're you're having a bad issue with intent. That could be a different kind of ones where they go, "Well, I said I was going to do it, but you clearly haven't." You know, I, mm. th those are the kind of things where you just go, "Right, if you want to do that, measure it. If you want to screen out a sense, measure it. Here's a sense." Like I'll give them the models yeah. that they're going to do so, that. Certainly, in that standard of game, right? You've just got to, if, you, if you're just saying you're going to screen, you've just got to screen properly and just do it. And I it comes back just... to what Scrivo said: Team Poland are the world champions, and they're world champions because when you, you've got to know that when you get to them in whatever round it is, they've practiced that game into your list. They have. Yeah. They've given you Multiple the respect. Times. Yeah, and they <laughs> they know what your strats are. They know what your, your tricks are. That doesn't mean you can't play well and roll better than them yeah. and beat them. Doesn't mean that every list beats one of yours. But you just you aren't playing a novice. You aren't going to get a gotcha. Mm. 
And if you do ever no. get one, it's like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you dine out that, on that story for a while, don't you? <laughs> oh, yeah, completely. I mean, um, one of the England guys um, playing this year, Chris Radford, had one. I'll steal his story that he, he came on after he was playing the game against uh, somebody from another nation. He was like, oh my God, the guy made a massive mistake and le- left the unit of Hearthguard in reserve. And I screened the whole board when they died. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And he was so happy. And I was like, yeah, those, yeah. those are the great moments. And that's, that's the learning experience, right? That yeah. is the learning experience, <laughs> yeah. Oh, I've lost playing Votan into Chris Radford. So I empathize with whoever that person was. <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful. Right. Do we have anything else to add on that, guys? I feel like we've kind of trawled around that fairly happily. Yeah. An interesting thing, and certainly what I'd say to any 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 listeners out there, if you get you get into a game with someone playing by intent, it is as we've alluded to. It's all about communication, understanding fully where someone else is coming from, and also knowing what your limits are and what you're not comfortable with. And so you do have to stand up for yourself. You do have to communicate very clearly. And it's yeah, definitely definitely aware of it and end to end and don't ever let someone use it just as a tool to discuss us or take the piss either, I think is the most important thing. But when you do hit those lovely games where it's two people both coming at it in good faith, it can be absolutely wonderful. And so it's some of my favourite games. Um, Brian, I was, we were talking, me and Chris again were talking about before this show, who have we played that does this really well? Jack Tight, whenever I play him, it's so collaborative and so much intent involved. Whenever I play him, Get smashed, but I always feel like he's very considerate of the, of the of the intent dimensions of it and the needs of it. And it's it's I think those kinds of players um, are you know really really do carry the flag for it. So it's something that hopefully we'll see more. But I think it's always tricky to until it's actually codified. Until you had it, we're saying there's nothing that we talk about all the time. There's not like a list of this is what playing by intent is. There's yeah. not like a constitution. There's not you're not we're not signed up to some playing <laughs> by intent charter. So you're always in slightly ambiguous territory, which means you have to trust your your gut and your judgment. Like Tony was saying, is it does it feel cheeky? Do you feel like someone's being cheeky to you in the game? Pay attention to those things. They will lead you towards what maybe the, the right and wrong <laughs> in the situation is. Uh, for sure. Great. Okay. Um, well, before we go into podcast questions, we are really good at self-promotion, possibly the best. Uh, so I thought this time would be the time to insert our Ploos Roundup. Chris, this is your thing. Take it away. Round up that Ploos. Let's go. Oh, let's go so What's going round on right in the Ploos world? Um, <laughs> yeah, so for those who don't follow us on like Instagram and Facebook, we have recently started doing a schedule, putting up what's coming up. So check, keep an eye out on that and check that out. But what have we had out? Well, um, obviously, Scrivo and Ed have their Cracking the Codex series, and they, um, just, they've done all the Marine stuff, and they just popped back to Tyranids, and they did a little tips and tricks video there with the help of Davey. Um, so if you want to kind of have an idea of what you can expect um, when playing into Tyranids and the sorts of things that they can do, then check that out, that video. Tom's done another meta weather report, which is um, <laughs> the festive special. The silliest thing I make. <laughs> to be fair, Tom absolutely nails it, and um, it's very well done. So if you, uh, you have a spare two minutes and 24 seconds in your life, go and check it out. Um, and then on top of that, we had, um, it was kind of like last week, but we've had um, the matchup plus plus of Orcs, Death Guard and Sisters of Battle, where Jack and um, Tom spoke about those three and what to look out for if you were to play into those matchups. Um, and then in terms of this week, we're Scrivo, you did the schedule. What have yeah. we got coming up this week? <laughs> right, let me just open the schedule. Oh, I was hoping you'd just be able to reel it off. And then <laughs> so actually, look. so on, uh, so 
on Please. tomorrow, Wednesday, there is Scribble vs. the World Episode 4, which is featuring about army roles in a team's format. So mm. you often hear people talking about sort of attacker and defender, but what type of lists you want to be using as an attacker. So is there a specific thing like a prey list that will always be kind of good into a lot of kind of specific uh, factions you'd see going to an event and sort of trying to explain what all these different roles kind of mean and what armies you might see in those positions as well. So just to give you kind of an insight in why as well, because sometimes it's very easy to have people go, well, this army is really good as an attacker, but why? Yeah. And it's kind of nice. So hopefully it will uh, clarify some of that kind of mysticism yeah. behind what all these big boys do with their armies. I still don't understand. Awesome. Um, and then on <laughs> Thursday, we've got Cracking the Codex, episode one of Codex Necrons, which, as I said earlier, is um, Mark Crumbleholm and Ed and I chatting about kind of the the first look of the Codex. So we're having kind of a just a, a glance over the whole thing as kind of a, a grand thing. And then from that, we'll then, next few episodes will be a specific detachment, doing the same format where we go through all the enhancements, um, all the stratagems, and then do a, an example list as well. So we're trying to do that sort of exercise again. Um, and then on Friday, we have the state of play on one of my favorite factions, Orcs. And I believe Tom is joined by Brian Seep from yeah, that's right. Was Team Scotland, now Team America. That's right. One Absolutely of my favorite brutal. guys to play Orcs. Very nice guy. Yeah. Um, oh, so tell us a bit about that, Tom. Uh, well, no. So we're recording it tomorrow. It's ah, actually sweet. two years since my two years my first game against Brian, and he was playing orcs for that. It was the orc buggies into oh, Ibukari, which was a brutal, that. brutal game in the Leicester <laughs> semi-final. So it's quite uh, quite a fun one because that was the yeah first time we met, and so we were we were keen. He he's taken orcs to Leicester every single year since, even when hmm. like meta meta be damned because he's just very attached because that was his i think my, maybe his first uk super major win um so he's a big orcs fan he loves him to bits we've got a beautiful orc army so we're going to be getting into them and their current place in the game he's been playing a couple of events with them lately um they're obviously they've got a book on the horizon and they're not not one of the sort of dominant forces in the meta but an interesting army uh, and brian obviously i mean i'm sure i'm sure i don't need to emphasize brian to any of you when brian talks about the guest should listen because he's a wonderful smart player uh, and he's got a lot of humor in there as well so i'm really excited to record that one <laughs> I think that's it for the week. Sweet. Yeah. That's the loose roundup. Sorted. Absolutely. Um, okay. Well, in which case, we can then do some podcast questions. Obviously, chat. If you want to um, shove more questions into the main chat, you can absolutely do it. You could super chat us if you needs money for nice things. <laughs> absolutely go for it. But don't feel obliged either. Um, and in the meantime, I'm going to pull some questions out of the main chat. So, Harley wanted to know... What separates the good players and the great players? So I've got this one. And why, uh, why is it the Eldari Index? Jesus <laughs> <laughs> <is> Christ. <laughs> it's true. Go on, Chris. <laughs> oh, but I'll, you know what? I'll let Tony answer first. you let Tony handle it. I think that's yeah, probably yeah, the right yeah. way to play this one. Go on then, Tony. This is a hell of a question. What do you think? So... The best players in 40k make you feel like they'd won the game from the moment you just start picked up the bottles and start putting yeah. them on the table. And I think really that do. is it comes back to my original thing of they just they know how the game is going to go, they know all the averages, they have an idea about and, and they line things up so that if they do need to take a risk, it feels like that risk was always somehow in their favor. 
And it was yeah. like, I just don't see how I was ever going to go against that. I mean, you do get armies like Chaos at the moment and Eldar that double down on that and make you feel like that, you, you know, you don't know, actually know how to play 40k sometimes. <laughs> because I think, what, like you said before, you, you're left with that impossible choice of, well, you could do this and do that, but then the Incarn pops up or the Wraith God shoot you. These are the options that you've got. Mm. Um, but the, the, the best players are that they know the game inside and out, they drilled it inside and out, and they the best players are not going to probably have anything to do with the intent chat we've had tonight, and you're going to have a game from Waco. <laughs> it was great, and it might have been a bit brutal, but they were nice and they were lovely all the way through because they already yeah. knew how to play this and they could see right yeah, from the off that yeah. they had me. They can sometimes see a deployment, you've made a mistake, you should have put this unit in reserve, you should have not put this in reserve. And, you know, again, you, you might find in... Anybody watching might find, yeah, I played a game. Oh, I needed that force reading on the board. So, like one of the things our chaos players always say is when you play a horde list, don't reserve anything. Everything's got to be on the board. Chaos can't play mm-hmm. that slow drip feed game if you've got a, a bigger army ahead of you, that kind of stuff. So, that's how that's the best players I've played against. The best players that make you feel like they just they have it all locked up, ready to go. There was a long time where when I started playing for the team, Josh was the number one player in the UK. And he would like Josh. Would you go to all the tournaments in the UK and win all of those tournaments? And it was interesting to over the years see gradually see new faces come up. There's a point where um, Malik was that face, and Malik was going to every yes. tournament, would win every tournament, and then Manny was doing it, and he'd win every tournament. Yeah. And now, now I think again that the UK met is in a great place. There's loads of different armies. You see new players winning big 400 500 man events. So yeah, I thought I Will, Will was say, winning an event was awesome. Well, do you know what, Will? Yeah. If you if you chat to Will about his army and chat to him about the balance and how he thinks the game goes, he knows exactly what he's talking about. He knows everything about yeah. that list. He knows exactly how it plays, exactly. and he's practiced yeah. all the matchups so he can go to an event and win it. And that's if you want to get there, it's not impossible. But you've got yeah. to pick the right book in the right meta, and you've got to read up on yeah. everything else that can give you a challenge. I was going to say yeah, um, <clears throat> the. Just write that down. <laughs> the, uh, there have definitely been games where I have felt from my opponent's first turn that I've lost, and those games were into yeah. Vic and they're into Josh. I remember playing <laughs> um, when we managed to get to the semis and played into Team England, and I went into Josh's Space Walls, and um, yeah. I was Yanari, and he went first. He moved up thing, and I did, did a little bit, and I looked at it and I went. I literally can't win this game. Like he's done one yeah. movement phase, and I can't win this game. So I was like, I go out there, I kill those things, and then my army dies. And that yeah. is literally what happened. I just felt so helpless. Like when I played with my Harlequins into Vix, Empress Children, he went first. He stuck that big Terminator blob in the middle, which could have also mm. advanced six and charged within mm. six and whatever. And I was like, eh. he'd screened out his deployment zone, so I couldn't <laughs> feed my stuff for um, behind enemy lines and that. And I was like, I've lost this game. And it's just such yeah, yeah. a feeling of helplessness. Of, I don't, I haven't even got to yeah. move my models yet, and I've already lost. Like it was, mm. it was a completely different vibe to the other games yeah. where you like. You see, so, bring it back around to WTC. You'll find that players that play WTC are better at that, in my opinion, because yeah. WTC isn't about winning the game by a point and you get the win. WTC is a score Big. differential game, yeah. and you have to, mm. to to bring the team the wins in the round. You have to predict that you'll beat your opponent by a set margin and bring that in reliably. So. Yeah. That's part of the reason why it's not just knowing what the abilities and the data sheets are. It's going, I know that I'm going to be able to. Oh. He's frozen. Oh, is Tony frozen? It's telling me that. I thought it was all of us for a moment. Tony is frozen. He's in a very poignant pose. Yeah, he is. He is. He's he's teacher Um... posing there. Um, someone want to message him to tell, tell him because he's yeah, not. Yeah, I'll just message him now. 
Do you want? Do you guys want to riff on what makes a good or great player? Uh, well, well, I mean, <laughs> he covered most of the points I was going to say, to be honest with you. Um, but yeah, I think that's the vibe, isn't it? It's that feeling yeah. of like kind of helplessness, and yeah. that they they know what your optimum move is, and so therefore, um, yeah, therefore you're they can't, they've already predicted it before you've done it. Yeah, and from a from a meta and game standpoint, that means they're a step ahead, right? It means they're usually very familiar with what the best armies in the game are and how they play, and they've already got got the thing that's going to counter and destroy that thing. And there's yeah. so much in sort of you have to anticipate and learn and plan ahead of the game, in that sense. And that's where there's a real creative and innovative aspect to the very best players. I think you know they go and design yeah. things. They don't just go, oh, I've seen that stuff. Well, I'm going to go run that. You know, it's it's like you know, it's working out what the next thing is. Um, and, and Tony's playing... had an internet drop. He's back in two seconds. So don't you worry. And it's it's in that teams format. If if they've done the practice, which most of them have, it's you've played that match up four or five times. You know that it's in theory going to score you a fifteen point to twenty five point variance, depending on how a few key things go. And so they can reliably say that and know yeah. that, which is why that they then control the game in that way because they know that's what the the, the few times they've done it, it shows those inevitabilities. Especially if they can play against the specific um, list as well. Oh, he might be back. Oh, might be back. Is he reappearing? Oh, oh. It's loading. Oh, oh, the loading. This, oh. this is so exciting this right is, now. Yeah, this, this is, is a so real tense. This is tense. Who had money on Tony dropping out of this? Yeah. I, 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 I certainly didn't. That was I not the way. I, I put it all on black, which was Tom dropping out <laughs> yeah. in five minutes. But you know, yeah, that's I'm a great gambler. Yeah, yeah, we might yeah, make it. You never know. Oh, dude. Another thing I was thinking about, and this is actually something I, I want on a little bit, I think truly great players can also pick up, run, and do well with a range of armies very quickly, very readily. I think the very best players have skills that transfer across armies yeah. in terms of how quickly they can decipher, understand, translate a rule set. And actually, that when they pick up a different army, all the skills they have, then that doesn't just get lost. They have to start all over again. They can just carry a bunch of stuff over. Yeah. Um, and I think you don't see many top top players who literally just play the one thing, right? No. As, as much as we romanticise that, the faction specialist, whatever else, it's not typical in the way with the way the game is and how often it changes. It's not typical that you get players just sticking on one thing yeah. and being able to thrive at the top of the game. Because this edition very much encourages that because you don't get this sort of thing where one army has this one unique rule. Most armies have some iteration of these little yeah. unique kind of abilities. So if you like these things, you'll try to squeeze them into your lists no matter what army you're playing. So it makes sense, yeah, really. Exactly. I've actually yeah. been thinking about that because obviously my play I have a very set play style which has been mm -hmm. formed by playing the Eldar. And actually, yeah. I was I then come across the World Eaters and I try and play it in that way. And you can't. It doesn't, it doesn't work. work. <laughs> no, and exactly that. Exactly. I found myself thinking, like, well, when if I'm building Necron lists, do I want to build lists which fit my play style? But actually, yeah. that's not the most optimum way of playing that particular army. And that's the um, trade-off, right? And so it's it's an interesting dynamic of actually... You, I'm trying to work. I know. I know what my play style is, and I'm trying to get better at playing different play styles. Exactly that. Um, exactly that. And that's just going to hopefully add a string to my. It's why. It's why. I, although I think well, it will be uncomfortable for you. I think you'll come out better for it in the long yeah. run. Um, no, Tony says, true, "Can we let him back in?" By the way, I don't know if he's got. Is he able to get in? Um, he says he's back. 
He says he's back. Add to scene. He just says no connect. Oh, hello. Oh, there, oh, hello. There's a second Tony. There we hey, he's reborn. It is when your wife just sneaks in in the background and Handley goes, unplugs something and goes, oh, you weren't using the internet, were you? I, I thought that was the charger. And I'm like... <laughs> Oh my days! <laughs> just, just to help the the Apple charger is white, the router charger is black. Okay, just, just, a, just the guy with a headset just, on, not not using the internet like any old shit. Just, just <laughs> away, about to make a very here. important point. He was like, yeah, this. you were, you were we... like... <laughs> God knows what I was saying because I went blah 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 blah. Oh, you all left. You're on about team point differentials and oh, how yeah. the players manage that. I apologise profusely on my wife's behalf. Um, uh, in, in the meantime, you know, but that's that's the the best players know how to stop you scoring, and I think at WTC yes. that's yeah. the big. You take that into singles as well. I mean, I know that certainly um, there's going to be some WTC style events and major events coming in the next year as well, which is interesting to see because players will have to tech differently. You can't just yeah. build a list that goes, "Well, I just I get 99," because you'll end up with like, you, you play five guys that all get 99 as well, and you're great. You oh, you yeah. beat me by a point. But we Maybe. just get 10-10. 10-10. Yes. Yeah. The dream. And I do I do love the differential scoring in singles because it means you have to beat me really badly. And you can go, okay, oh, that guy did play and he did get some points and he ends up still podiuming or he, or he stops me getting in the first place. Like, it is really exciting. Rather yeah. than, oh, I won, I won, I won, I won. And it's just a knockout all the way through. Yeah. I've always been really keen for this because, um, yeah. you know, often you get to round four or five, you know, you've won, you're like, shall we just talk it out? And yeah, you probably do that and yeah. blah, blah. But actually in this, you're like, no, I'm going to try and destroy point. you because I want to do as well as I can in this tournament. And actually it's for us because we're a team who are very interested in the team's format and wanting to progress. Oh, well, actually, it's a good opportunity for us to go and go to these sorts of events to practice yeah, yeah. that skill set as well. Yeah, completely. Yeah, it's teams. Teams has made me so much better at pushing when I've got an advantage. Right, I've always, I'm always quite happy fighting uphill, and I, I always did that fine. But it's the when you have an edge, you have to make that count and really put another army down. That's a skill that I think, unless there's a teams differential riding on it, you don't necessarily develop it that much. You can be guilty of like coasting a bit, and well, I, I've got, I've got enough to get home here. Okay. But actually, it's that I would need to put the complete shutdown on. And once you start doing that more, because you need to, because your team depends on it you see the game in a very different way and it's and as you say that's where you get those situations where as you say you just feel like you're so screwed from the start because people in teams are building lists that have to completely dominate and completely win so decisively that you really really feel that when it's put into action against you okay next up we have a question from siri um how do you handle opponents that are meticulous with the first model they move in a unit but just kind of lazily shove the rest into place? Feels like a small potential advantage that would be quite petty to argue over, but at the same time, extra movement can make all the difference. It's an interesting one. I mean, yeah, I think just, just try and be precise, try and expect precise movement, I guess. Was that a question from Siri, was it? You say? Yeah, it's from Sindri. Sindri, yeah. It's yeah. Sindri, sorry. Sindri, Sindri, never too petty. Never too petty. Just yeah, yeah, smile yeah. on your face. Go, sorry, dude. Could you just check those models? I think you moved the first one, just not the rest. Big smile on your face. <laughs> nice and you just got honestly, you just got to play yeah. a game like that. Like, and yeah, again, yeah, yeah. maybe that comes from a background of working in education. Going, okay, kids, let's do this today, please. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. you just gotta, you have to, you have to take that game approach, or because you can get annoyed and you can get frustrated. It just doesn't benefit you or your cause if they get a ref involved or there's an argument later. Don't create a bad step. 
But don't ever feel afraid to challenge somebody if they're not doing the right things in the game. Because they should, they know. They'll know. It's, it comes back to what I said before. Yeah. It's cheeky. It's cheeky. If I yeah. measure the first one, but I just throw the others in, and then I go, oh, but, but you can't see on that angle because actually I'm a bit more tight, but it's a bit, you know what I mean? It's, mm. yeah, 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 you've got to measure them. You've got to measure the individual models. It's going to matter for later. It's going to matter for a casualty removal. It's a big deal. Yeah, absolutely. Um, definitely. Okay, next up we have... Oh, a question from Craig. Is what are you? You, Tony. What are you looking for in a prospective new Team England player? He says he's not volunteering. Maybe in twenty thirty, uh, and then he says, "Are there any quirks to the Team England play process or matchup process?" In brackets, don't give away your secret tech, of course. <laughs> so, in terms of what looking for a player, I. So we've we've set up loads of things at the moment. We've got Discord where players have a channel that they can just self-publicise as much as they want. They can talk about their lists. They can go to events. They can tell me about the events. I read everything. I don't necessarily reply. Go, oh gosh, that's really amazing. Tell me more about it. I did that initially, but you know what? Actually, it is better just to turn it into a bit more of a blog of here's what I'm doing. That's what I'm talking about. And I will try to talk to people and we'll try to catch up with people at events. And I do try and marry that up with, well, they talked loads about this and then they did this at an event. And we talked about this and they didn't do this at an event. That is the first side of it. The second side of it is we create opportunities for you to do online games against other nations. We've got TTS scrims. Um, and you might have heard that in other, other formats, whether it's um, informal ones, it's formal ones. We're just trying to give players the chance to go and play a game where I, I can watch that. I can see that online. I can watch you play games. Other players can play you and report back to me as well. And that is a big part of it. If you play another England player, I'm going to speak to both of you about how the other one played um, mm. and build a, big, a bigger picture around each person. And that's for my own notes to make a list of, to, you know, think about ranking. Because we've got 40, we started off with 42. Um, we're down to 36. Currently, there's a couple dropped out through time, effort. Not sure if they can do it. Not sure if they're ready. Not sure if they want to play, but they want to coach. Happens. We're going to cut that to 16 um, in January time. That's really difficult because mm. to get mm. 16 down to 20 is... It's already pretty ruthless, um, but that's just the process. And that, that, I suppose that's one of the thankless tasks of being in charge. It sounds really cool. Oh, I get to pick my team of eight. But you also then get, you know, if I go from 36 to 16, 20 people potentially want to know why they didn't get picked. And it's got to be a good reason. Mm. And it can't be, oh, I just, I think he's got a little bit more than you. I suppose ultimately it is a bit more like that football manager analogy, though. It's going to be my team this year. If I'm not the captain in yeah, the future. Yeah, yeah. Then um, I've done lots of stuff with the podcast and setting up a, you know, like a the podcast link with that and YouTube and all sorts and a Patreon and a bit more of a public accessible persona for the team. But that is there so that if and when I stop doing it, the next person can do it. And I'd hope that I could still yeah. be around in the setup, offer them support with that. I'm not going to ever, I don't think, not go unless somebody really falls out and doesn't want me to. But it, I'm trying to build something for the Team England community. It doesn't have to be me that captains it. I wasn't captain for the first nine years of being involved. And lots of people might <laughs> say to you that I did all the running around, chasing, the chatting to people. <laughs> because I love that side of the, the, the game in the community. And then in terms of the other side of it, team, team ethos and... Uh, mentality was it is that what the second part of the question yeah was? So it, it was about um do you have any any quirks to your kind of play process or matchup process 
for the WTC. Wow, God, that's a whole episode. I can actually chip in on this from the first Team England event I went to. Two of the topping teams played into each other, and they tried this really novel thing where they just paired completely blind and just put the cards down and flip them over randomly. <laughs> Do you want to elaborate on that a little bit, Tony? That was an interesting. <laughs> that is not I, the. That is not the. <laughs> England, no, I tell you that. Right <laughs> Three laptops, but, but, right? It's... With spreadsheets. <laughs> <laughs> it, it really is. I mean, I mean yeah. do you know what? Yeah, yeah. The, the way really is. There's, there's two. There's two ways of pairing in a team event. The first way is you try and protect weaker matchups so that they can bring something to the yeah. team and not just give away points. But you potentially leave yourself with a hand of four, like because it's eight man teams. You you lose the first four and you go okay, put forward paired, put forward paired. You're left with four. If they're your four weakest armies, you're probably just giving their strong armies at the end a good swing. Yeah. So I'm gonna I'm gonna call it the Nick Nanavati method because of the year when he merged for Team England, um, and we uh, good times. And he told us, <laughs> guys, you, you just, if, if they're crap, you just burn them. You just, they're under the bus. <laughs> they're dead. They're out first. And and if the other team gives you like their crown jewel list, you go yes. Take a 20. They're only getting their 20. They're not getting yeah. 40. They're getting 20. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And if that list could lose 20 into a weaker list, you just take it something off the board. Knowing mm. when to do that is a, then a gamble and a skill. And it's mm. to the, and inevitably, we, we switch matrices with teams after the event. Their colors and our colors don't match up. No, it's always it's fascinating, funny. isn't it? It's so yeah. interesting. Well, often, I'll be really honest. A, re a reason why I think England. We won when it was the ETC last, and then we came back after the lockdowns and stuff. We didn't. We came fifth and fifth the last couple of years. Um, different fifths. One where it was, we scraped and got to up to fifth, and the other one where we played the champs on the last round and didn't down. win and got down to fifth. Yeah. Different, very different emotions and, and feelings about that event, depending on how you come at that. But the answer for both is really interesting. Both of them, people's predictions were wrong. People said, I'm going to get a yellow, I got a black. I'm going to get a yellow, I got a red. I mean, that's the bits where games can games do go badly. Games, you can roll bad dice, you can pull terrible card draws, but we come back to consistency, we come back to the best players in the world, the best team in the world. Their players don't do take backs. Their players are nice to play. Their players play a firm game of 40K and they're exactly how they're going to play it. That's that's yeah. how you do it. So absolutely, that's the team approach, practice. We've got to know yeah. what you're bringing to the team and what you're bringing to the setup. Because yeah, yeah. the worst is when you pair it and you find out afterwards that, oh, I put this guy into a dodgy matchup and then you could have played it and probably done okay. Because yeah. their player yeah. goes, oh, yeah, I would have hated to play that. Why didn't you pair that into yeah. me? Those are the worst feelings when you involved in the pairing side of it. Because it's, it's the the extra guilt that you could have maybe won it in a different completely you know, route, world, yeah. timeline. Yeah, out of their interest um do you think that burnham approach works in like five-man teams or is it more exclusive to eight-mans i think in a five-man if you've got one weak list that doesn't do anything burn it i do actually think that because you go right burn. yes yeah, just go and go right okay take take the best thing off the table that you can take you can do it the other way and just throw them in like the champion match at the end and go, we don't really care what you play. You, you're dead to <laughs> you're us. Because, yeah. you know, you can try and mitigate being a burn list by taking the right table, taking the right terrain, or hoping that it's helpful in the mission. But often, if it's a bad matchup and you know it's a bad matchup, it, then it's going to be that. You know, the prime examples were yeah. things like people who played GCL the cult into Manny's double wraith knight, double wraith guard, whatever it was, the, the you know, avatar list last year. Mm. And it's like, oh, don't do that. 
don't do that. The cult are a good list. That's a bad choice. You know what I mean? Like they felt like sometimes they were burning it because they took that and they went, well, Manny Zeldar's doing really well at the event, so we'll burn it into that. But actually, yeah, put just, anything yeah, into it. Actually, it should be result. heavy. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. exactly. Yeah. That was one of the games that was in much more danger. In yeah, no, for sure. Yeah, GSD had a bad WTT, but that's a sub subplot for another time. I don't want to talk about that right they now. They, it, they, yeah. they they definitely underperformed. At WTT. GSD got found out. That's really easy to. That, that's I, exactly I it. <laughs> I've, got, I've got three of everything there is thrown for GSC, but the the addition change absolutely screwed an army that was full of flavor and full of character. Yeah, yeah. You are a list that drops. And shoots, and once you yeah. drop, just there's no re, especially now with the nerfs to battle tactics. Anyway, that is yeah. a different podcast. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So you're, you're completely right. They got, they got figured out. Uh, you see. Yeah. Um, okay. Next question. Hannibal asks, "What eight factions would you choose if WTC was to be played right now with the current meta?" That's a great question. Okay. Who's in your eight, Tony? Go on. Um, Let me just get a note open. <laughs> I would go with feel Eldar. free to just lie just lie if you want to lie nah, come Eldar. On. Oh, Eldar get out uh, okay yeah. Eldar, Eldar. Eldar. Yeah. Format, still bring a lot Chaos Space right. Marines are obviously kings of the world yeah. at the moment um, yep. I would go with Space Marines as the third one yep. I'd go with uh, Necrons in their new book look really tasty yeah, oh, hell yeah. and I yeah, think yeah. for teams Necrons have because teams you've alluded to you're going to talk about some of one of your future episodes about team roles and formats and how you can do yeah. that yeah, but yeah, yeah. that necrons are a great list that um when australia won it two years ago um liam hackett brought like the necron list that everybody thought was terrible but it was like 27 scarab base and, 20, yeah. Yeah, and yeah. just went cool i'm just gonna be obsec and never die and i'm gonna hold yeah. all the objectives that's a job i'll play i'll play blood angels i don't care you're not gonna kill through me quick enough i'm gonna play a gun line you're gonna kill through me quick enough it was just that so mm-hmm. i'd go necrons because i think there's a team build there um yeah. i think the, where am I going past that? You've got we'll three left at the though. moment. Really well. yep. but we'll, we'll be going really well. But I think Votan could have a potential good eight. I think mm-hmm. that Admech are going to bring something really useful. And then That's the last, and then the last one is up for argument. Tau are a strong book in some matchups, but in others they just fold. And so for me, mm-hmm. Tau don't make the eight. Um, I'd probably swing it around and look at. Potentially a Death Guard, potentially a Demons, potentially mm. like that. You go as an extra list that, again, you take a load of Fight First Plague Marines and stick them into Heavy Ruins. Um, yeah. Go, okay, dig me out. What are you going to dig me out with? Yeah. You know, you take yeah, a Death Guard. Really yeah. I, I come back to Orcs, you mentioned with Brian. I think Orcs at the yeah. summer were really good, and they do have some good matchups. They smash a lot of Marine builds, for example, but they don't smash Gear Space Marines, and they don't no, necessarily. They, don't. they can be Eldar. But it's not guaranteed, and those lists will mm. probably swerve the dodgy matchups. Tyranids have yeah. some play, but maybe not the strongest in the meta at the moment. It, that those are the top eight for me. Mm. I think. That, yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, it's really it's be interesting to see what the slate does and what the new books arriving do as well, because it's going to be evolving the whole way right up to when you've got to take people. It's going to be really spicy. Well, I think you're going to see loads of Necrons. People have loads of people have rates and people have all Necron lists. Yeah. But I don't know if you'll see as many. Oh, Necrons there. will be there. Yeah, Necrons but you, will be there. I think a starter army means there's a lot of out there cheap as well, so people have yes. picked it up. Yeah. Whereas yeah. you I know, think Necrons will be out in force as of like as soon as we get back to events. Sunday for Chris. Well, this yeah, is it. Me, me, so, yeah. <laughs> me, me, me quickly saying I'd love to run 27 um, Admech Walkers is great, but spend 800 quid on the, oh, just the, the, the 27 yeah. Admech Walkers makes me a little bit sad inside. Yeah. So, uh, it's so expensive, yeah. 
It's a very tough one. Um, we have a question from Chris of, of 6++ in the chat. Um, who <laughs> had asked, show. He's got a question for Tony, who he obviously think highly of and he asked would you like how would you look to build a five-man team in which the terrain is one very light board one very heavy board and one middle board well, three as, yeah. as as the uk tc uh itt ones are going to be going forward yeah right? basically because i mean we're obviously pushing to want to do lots more team events yeah. and we've we've been doing it for the last couple of years we've actually we we're coming at it from the approach of um, we think we're overperforming because we prepare quite well, um, and we we think we pair quite well as well. But I'm quite interested in like in building a five man event. So the way it sounds like for UKTC is it there will be attacker and defender, but there's going to be one board which is just like wide open. There's going to be one board where the um, big L's are kind of like in the middle, mm-hmm. so they're just going to block all the lines of sight. So like where you've got that situation where you can, depending on whether you win or lose the roll-off, depends on whether you, what attacker or what um, attackers and defenders you kind of want to put forward. Like what sort of, how would you try and weigh it with five, I mean, not necessarily which factions, because that will probably, oh, for the love of God. Oh, <laughs> Mrs. Mrs. Chew strikes again. This is literally my <laughs> my question. It's the one thing I want to know. This is your moment, Chris. Oh, oh no! Listeners out there, um, Tony is just. John, do you want to? Back. Do you Hello. Want to... Oh, he's <laughs> back. <laughs> I was like, this is unbelievable. Was that me? Was that you guys? Yeah, that, that was you. you. I, we're we're going to blame you, Tony. We're going to blame yeah, you. It, that was it, easier for us. Um, I have no idea what happened there. I was like, no, it just went black, and I was like, it. okay. This time, I went, I went to the router, and I'm like, my wife has not been just around the <laughs> plug it, just to check. I didn't assume that. I'd, totally I'd love it if you'd just unplugged it again, though. It was like, fuck. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's your bedtime, Tony! <laughs> oh, uh, right then, Chris. Did you get yeah, the gist of Chris's question? Yeah, basically, I was just saying. Yeah, yeah I think... So you need a list that goes forward that, assuming there's a roll-off and the first person gets to pick terrain, mm. you can't have a list that relies on the light board or the heavy board. So you've got to have an all-comers list that, that is great on anything. Yeah. But you've got to have something that could play on that light board, if not two lists, that have got a, ta- a plan, a tactic, something, a reserves, a strat, mm. whatever it's going to be. That light board's going to be a killer, isn't it, into something. Some army's going to pl- want to play the light board. So... Two tactics. One, you need to put forward that potentially can play on anything. Two, you need something that plays the light board. So if they've got something that takes through it, you can take it out. Yeah. That's the that's the real the, the real gamble there would be. Have you got a list that's like I suppose I think back to like the like the Beast Pack or some sort of big giant horde army. Like I'm thinking in the summer, a couple not last summer, summer before when it was the you know, the Leviathan Nid Warrior spam. I can't think what it would be in this edition. Maybe it would be like 200 World Eater Jackals and you go, I don't really care if there's a wall. I don't yeah, need line yeah. of sight. I'm not required <laughs> 200 Jackals. I'm just going to deploy yeah. 200 Jackals. Does your gun line want to play 200 Jackals? No. Then you want a medium or a heavy board. And that's better for yeah, all of yeah. us. Whereas yeah. you could go Tau and go Tau got real options, but if Tau get the light board and they go first, does that make everybody impossible to pray in them? Like there's lists like that you go really swings in a different way. I What's your thinking, Chris? Well, How do you I, I was going to say, because I think last year, or sorry, when they last did this heavy and medium thing mm-hmm. idea, you rolled the dice first. So you okay. knew whether you oh, yeah. were... Because uh, mm. uh, I remember us having discussions on, well, if we win the roll off, 
we'll put this army first. And if we lose, which made it even more of a head fuck because yeah. we're like, we, yeah. had, we had multiple options depending purely on the roll off for our kind of our pairings process. So I, I assume that's like, cause it's very, as you say, like, it just feels like super risky to have a situation where, oh, we'll put our gun line forward. Oh, we're now on a heavy board or oh, we'll put our um, whatever army forward. Oh, we're now on a light board. So I think what they'll be doing is you kind of have that that you know before you put your defender so you can you know you've that's, that's, that's really that's, powerful i mean it's the opposite yeah. of wtc right because yeah. yeah. you, you do it all and then find out yeah I, I think if you know you want to have one that can play the light board and the heavy board is probably not there shouldn't be anybody that gets really screwed by that is the plan yeah because you've just got to be able to deny it from somebody you've got to be able to go you can't have that board you just can't have it so who do you think is best placed on the light boards at the moment then? Who is that terrifying shooty oh. army that no one wants to play into? That's a really good question. Because I just don't know. Like, you take someone like your Eldar doesn't want to play on that board. Your Tau might want to play on the board, though, if you build it the right way. Your, your Chaos Knights mm. deployed on the line just running at you might want to play. Yeah, yeah. There's loads of, loads of armies that rely on, like, scouts little nerglings to do the secondaries like mm. look at the top meta do eldar want to play anything on a really open board with no on a side play that game i mean yeah. you could go triple forge fiend and some obliterators and just go cool i'll put um i'll put 60 accursed cultists out and then a rhino that nurgles and it'll just drive up at you and then go okay here's all <laughs> the shooting units like yeah. that's the kind of silly builds you can start to to, to yeah, adapt yeah. a little bit to mm. but I mean, I suppose the game isn't really dominated by too many crazy gun lines. I know that there's a certain England player at the moment building an Imperial Guard list because he loves artillery. I mean, there's a little mm. one that could be strong if you build it into the right open board kind of mechanic and go, yeah. oh, we're all off, there I go. Kabam. That's interesting. Yeah, absolutely. That's interesting. Well, we'll figure this out because I think we're going to win the ITT, so we're going to need, we're gonna need some confident. answers. If you're doing well, and it's because you feel like you're more prepared, it makes you He's, he's doing better. I'm going to blow open the myth that WTC players are all world champions. They're not. There's plenty of players that <laughs> played over my years against on big teams. I've gone, didn't really find that player that challenging. I thought, I thought that player was yeah, okay. Yeah. Other players that on me said that. And I think that's because the standard of the tournament scene in the UK is really strong. It is. Really? If you ever go anywhere else, the Americans always joke with us that their big majors have you could play three or four rounds and not hit anybody big. And you know if you go to UKTC Major and play a 200-300 person event, you're going to be playing somebody good on the Saturday night, if not the Sunday morning and the afternoon, and definitely in the knockouts. There's no fluffy list that's made it all the way through and just navigated its way. Um, just how it is. And I think, so yeah. don't, don't put yourselves down. You obviously know what you're doing. If you practice the games, that's what will bring you results. And Remember, we're going to win the ITT with our team. So I don't know. That's awkward now. We've got a, we got a conflict of interest then, don't yeah. we? <laughs> Do we have to yeah, share the trophy? Really. Is that how yeah, it works? So. Yeah, yeah sure. I reckon so. Because we'll draw. It'll be a perfect draw in the final game. That's how that'll go. Yeah. Um, we've next got Jack Asher asks, how do you leverage player skill during the pairings process slash ah, okay. army selection step of building a team for an event? That's an interesting question. Right, so when we won the WTC last, we played against America and we actually paired into them purely based on 
these are the egos on the team. These are the players. <laughs> one. And we 100% went, if we give you this bait, you'll pick this. If we give you this, they'll pick this. If we give this guy yeah. this, he'll want these. And, it, and we won that round 100 to 60. It was, it was 520 wow. nils and, and 320 nils. It was completely <laughs> like the, the predictions wow. were just 100%. The players we went who were going to win won. That's wow. a good bit. And now, in terms of how we build the team, <laughs> Cause you could do you could do that. You can go into a team, go in. And America, historically, I know when Nick was involved, would always go, yeah, but Manny's the, the power player, the trophy player. He likes to be in the big, tough game. He likes to take a big win. So we'll give him this opportunity to take that, and then this guy can play, like, for five points, play for six points, just play to deny. They did that in the summer, and John Lennon played him. And John Lennon, one, I think it was you, John, who said about, well, maybe it was Tom about earlier about the um, take some time with your chess clock and not rushing too much. Mm-hmm. John Lennon took 20-minute break because he was playing Custodes into Eldar. They got through, like, three turns in an hour, and then he went, I don't know if I need to gamble yet, so I'm just going to have a little walk. Mm. And it was really weird, like, to watch it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, time out. Yeah. <clears throat> and, like... Just, just taking his time out to go into that. And then he came back and he got 13-7, which was the lowest score for Manny that weekend and the lowest wow. score for John that weekend. But mm. they both did their job for the team and we, they, we got a draw against USA. When you're building a team, mm. you've got two choices. You either put your super... Okay, we'll go strong and weak. You put your strong players on the strong lists and you double down, or you put your strong players on your average lists because you know that they'll make things happen and you give the stronger list to weak players. And I think that's where I sit, really. So yeah. if somebody is my newer or weaker player, I'd be happy giving them a CSM list that they've practiced loads and drilled into that does lots of things and plays lots of things. But there is, you know, it comes back around to roles. Are you happy that I'm going to put you into matches going you get to get 20s? I think that the the historical WTC thing of you designed the list, it went forward and it had to play what your opponent gave you has yeah. definitely changed. And the game's changed. So I think... Maybe maybe prey players and defensive players aren't there as much unless you mm. just enjoy a list that grinds out a draw and you aren't somebody <coughs> who wants to take risks and wants to go out and smash face and doesn't want to play the push the differential game. goes a bit deeper, I think, than just that's yeah. the good player. Yeah, it's, it's types it's types of player, isn't it, as well as as well as player skill. Like, what are they? Yeah, because you, you know what? The, the, like, uh, 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 hmm. A good prey player is actually somebody who is an aggressive player. So yeah, you give yeah, them something yeah. like a world beaters with chaos, but they will try for a nine-inch charge because it'll swing the game massively. They'll go and mm. they'll put things right on the line and go and deploy and move forward. And they'll go, oh, God, they've they rushed me with this. Like, you know, they're playing the Votan. Do they just sit behind ruins and wait for me to drop? Or do they put every boat, every corner, get everybody out of every boat and flood the board? And like just so many different games you can think of. Eldar in the same way, really aggressive. I'll trade the Incarn early because I'm going to win the game if I do it. Mm. Conversely, yeah, if I'm playing yeah. Eldar, we talked about one of the write-ups in one of the England players was he threw all of it. When, when he plays um, Eldar, he just throws his army at them. It doesn't matter if they all die because he's like, I'm going to win the game because I'll, my, I don't trade for points, but I trade for a physical number of units on the board. And you can have two night spinners and a unit of obliterators. Sorry, and, 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 you know, and a unit of Wraith Guard, but that's not going to kill my 60 Accursed, and all my Lords are dead, yeah. and all my dead, and all my Talons are dead, but I've, I've won the game through trading. Mm. Yeah, completely. Yeah, it's much. interesting. Yeah. <laughs> sure. Nice. Um, Sai now asks, do you have an agreed team process for throwing someone under the bus slash Forge Fiend? <laughs> <laughs> so, the, the, the agreed process is, you call somebody over and you go, 
your turn. Your matrix is dog shite. You're under the bus. <laughs> <laughs> and you can't <laughs> apologise. It is optional. Yeah, yeah. Tom's been there yeah, yeah, when yeah, I've yeah. done this. I've, gone, I've been there, man. I've, I've been bust, yeah. Dude, dude. <laughs> Choo-choo. Get on the, the bus. Yeah, that's the right what we're doing. It, so. it happens. And everyone has to be yeah. ready to... To play that role in a team, right? I think everyone. I've been bust. I mean, w- one year we we put a weaker player on a stronger list, and I took Imperial Knights instead of the list I wanted to take because I was like, "Look, I don't care if I win five games; I can lose three, and my personality's big enough to take it. And I'm not going to worry about mm. trying on the team next year. But it's that person's first year, and I was like, I didn't want to give them that list and give them that pressure to do it. That's a whole different side of it. You see with WTC, mm. the pressure to go for the first time, do really well, not want to have a bad event. Um, we've had all sorts like I said we've had players do really well we've had players have really bad events and then not want to do it again or just feel like they yeah. can't because they were so embarrassed about how they did and that's none of that's good for team morale or the team like no for sure ethic as well so it yeah I think you you just, you just have to manage it as best you, th- you think really you do you do yeah, it's it's interesting as I say. I've, I found it fascinating going to my first couple of events with this because it's a, yeah, it's just a completely alien situation. Right? <laughs> you're just sort of like, you are. Gonna, I remember as I was t- texting the guys, I was like, basically lost the three games yesterday, and I know we're playing both the England teams tomorrow. So it's two. I'm, you know, I'm on an O three, and I'm playing two England internationals today. I, 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 so I just I, I, have to mentally get my head around that. Right, it's totally different. Like. <laughs> I'll be honest with you. There've been events where, in recent memory. Somebody's had a bad couple of games. You've tried to give them better games. They've had bad games. So you just well, gone right. It. It, it does, you're going. That's it. It's not going to help. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not saving your weekend. You're not bringing yeah. the points in. We've that's got to it. the crunch rounds now. You've, you're yeah. going under the bus. Bring some more yeah. points back. Exactly. Earn your way back into a seat, please. Because in the meantime, yeah, exactly get the speed that. that was it. I found I found it better going on the second day because you yeah. know it was Eldar piloted by Nassim. You're like, well, all I can do is throw everything at this, and that felt way better. It was good, but it's it's really interesting, and it is it is psychologically interesting. But you know, I think there's there's certain players who are better suited to going under buses than others. So we have Paul James in our team. He always plays Dark Angels, and he is never ever easy to beat in any situation. So he's just so good for that. You just chuck him at anything. You just know, you know, he'll, he'll always oh. go in. <laughs> Courtney Rhodes is one that at the time I've been in England has been oh, yeah. the team the most time before I joined the team won it, he's won it twice yeah. on podiums as well he yeah. he's um, he is the kind of he's a little he's a little uh, bulldog like he's yeah. the kind of guy that if, if your guy starts to be a bit of a shit house in the game. Oh my god, he is not going to let you live it down, and he'll start calling yeah, all yeah. sorts of. All right, mate, you want to play the game that way, and that's it. You're done. Yeah, if I hear yeah, Courtney yeah. say that phrase, I'm like, oh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, Courtney's great. No Courtney, intent for you, we, sir. I, <laughs> that's, uh, in, my like, intent is death. <laughs> yeah, we, played in England, we played in England five at maybe up at Element, and I played. Yeah, yeah. he was great. He was very, very good. Oh, but he's um, lovely to play. Really, great. oh, lovely. Like, yeah, yeah, but, yeah, but, yeah. But he's good into those matches because. As a put forward player, you've got to play. You're probably playing somebody who expects to beat you, and then yeah. like one needs to before when it. I can't remember who when the game starts to swing and it isn't quite as nice because they're not bringing their differential in and they're worried about their score. Mm. The team or the rounds are getting close and their coaches are coming over going push. The WTC adds so many extra layers on that even in a five or six man you maybe don't get the same effect of when you've got somebody coming over going. Sorry, could you push for more points? You're like, this is it. This is the points I'm getting. I can't get any more points going. Like you have to manage. Players and personalities through that stress as well. Yeah, completely. That's why you give them foot. Amazing. That's why. I 
Okay, we it's I'm I'm really sad that we're gonna end on this note on the podcast because we've got one more we've got one more question from T Marty Party who asked question for Tony. For the benefit of those listening to audio only, can you describe each of the six plus plus guys' room setup? Oh god. Awful. <laughs> Ed's well, not I on mean, the show today. <laughs> yeah, it's sad that you don't get to see Ed's. That is disappointing. Yeah. I mean it's Well, John is the only one who plays forty K. Um, <laughs> do I? I? I own 40k. I don't think that means I play it. John's just, John's just flexing in the background. He looks like he's got some sort of like yeah, I don't know. Wonderful model. He, he, I, yeah. I can't quite tell. It looks like he's got some sort of defense laser on top of his thing there. And he's got like, a fine selection of sci-fi. There's an impressive night there. To the right. To the right. Whatever. This, that, that thing. On top of that. That, that yeah. is that Ziggs from League of Legends. Oh, nice. Oh, there you go, then. <coughs> there you go. Uh, he's got some fine alcohol. He's got some figures. That's good. Scrivo is the classic gentleman of the, of the lot. Uh, Chris is uh, in prison, but we'll hope that he gets out well soon. <laughs> to Captain Back to that. Oh, um, amazing. I love um, it. And Tom is hoping that the rebels don't break through and he makes it home for dinner. <laughs> but, but, but when his connection improves, it's going to be great. <laughs> oh, jeez. Yeah, it's very. It's all very war zone today. I'm sorry, everybody. That's the way of... That's Cambridge the way of, is a bit right. rough, isn't it? Cambridge yeah, the, so the, 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 the grim, grim streets of Cambridge. It's tough out here. Um, right. That oh, so I've got a festive background, if you're interested. We've got a tree. Yeah, I was going to say, Tony's, Tony's got a lovely Christmas, Christmas tree. It must be the Christmas um, elves who are unplugging my router every five minutes. Yeah, that's it. Elf that's on it. shelf. Yeah, absolutely. So that Don't. takes us to the end of the show, everybody. It's been super fun. Very, very grateful to have you on, Tony. Thanks. I feel like we've Thanks been for having a hell of a lot. It's been a real pleasure, um, and we'll be following the Team England 40K podcast with interest. Um, obviously, we'll be getting on board with, with cheering you guys on, trying to promote that. It's really exciting seeing Team England become something that this ever-growing digital community is re- is more aware of and more engaged in, and I think we want to play our part in that as well. Um, so, yeah, thanks so much. Thank you to everybody for listening. We'll see you again next time. Will I have a good internet? Who knows? Probably not. Doesn't seem doesn't seem like... And yet, I was uh, the one who dropped out, Tom, so there's I no know, shame in your how funny is that that this war zone connection has made it the whole way through a show but so you know we'll take that we'll take that and run stay well out there we'll see you all soon bye bye